0: But uh, but yeah, so that would I figured that's how we'll kind of break up the episode. <coughs> you okay, Dennis? Yeah. All the way over there. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> hello over there. Hello,
1: hello. Sorry, I needed to clear throat and was like going further and further away. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> i like, like the echo in the room though. Are you okay?
0: Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Are you falling through a portal? Maybe. No, I
2: was going away from the mic.
0: Welcome to Preferred Enemies, the Warhammer 40k podcast that seeks balance in all things. I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. Dennis. And Richard. And yes, if it's not clear, our topic this episode is the Autumn 2023 Balance Data Slate. Uh, This is a document that has been uh, eagerly anticipated for, I think, the entirety of the first quarter of uh, 10th edition's uh, history, uh, it's not a long history and we've already had major balance issues in that time. So this was a greatly anticipated document to see if it would fix the issues with the game. Uh, we talked a lot about issues, uh, during our last episode when we, or I guess it'd be two episodes ago because last episode was the Tyranids Codex. So two episodes ago when we gave our, uh, grade card for the, uh, first quarter. Of tenth uh, edition, and so we'll see uh, how well they address those issues and what we think the environment may look like, and and what our general takeaway from the balance the, these balance changes are. Uh, but first, uh, no, we're not getting into news and new releases. Well, sort of, but you know, we're that we're still doing things in this new format. But I did want to hit on something we did bring up uh, in our grade card as well and we it's something we've mentioned a couple of times and it's how was games workshop going to handle uh digital rules going forward and one of the things we did say was like please don't take away please don't paywall the index rules on the app and as we had mentioned the app was going to be going free or going paywall uh this like within the last week and uh it happened uh, the app was updated. When you uh, when the balance data slate dropped, uh, the uh, app had an update with the updated rules, and it also applied the paywall systems. Uh, one thing to note is that technically, you can still build armies in the app if you are not paid. This is a good thing. The limitation is you can build one army. You are allowed one free army build at any time which is something I'm not going to say it's not I think that you know it gives people who want an army builder for building lists for tournaments for example but don't want to pay for Warhammer plus have a way to build their list and export it out in a format that everyone agrees on
1: and to be fair think about even like the local play group I've got going here Most of them only ever run one army, and if they do, they just tweak that because the army is the models they have.
0: Right, right. So for a lot of people, that's gonna be fine. I mean, you know, so I am, I am happy they didn't completely paywall it. Also, an interesting workaround was found. I don't know if GW will end up addressing this, but we mentioned, like you mentioned, Dennis, that your your apps or your lists are saved locally on the phone. They're not in the cloud anywhere, so it's not like the they have a way to like look at your lists and like limit you to one. So people found out that if you create a whole bunch of lists for different armies before you download the new app, you they, those lists were still edible. You got to keep them. So it, like it grandfathered in any lists you already had. So it's an interesting workaround and I'm glad that actually works for people. No, no the the army builder. While it's it'd be nice to have a whole bunch of lists to theorycraft with, I you know it's like okay, at least it works for you know at to some extent for for free users. No, the problem is with the Tyranid rules uh, because something else happened when those when that update dropped. They immediately paywalled all the Tyranid rules. Now let's keep in mind the Tyranid Codex didn't actually hit shelves until two days later because the balance date sleep and the app update came out on thursday code yeah and the codex was going to hit shelves on saturday so that's a two-day period and i hope you weren't playing in a tournament on friday with nids and needed your your app for your reference because all the rules just got, like, locked. They, like, if you opened up a, a rule for a unit, it would be the unit name, a picture of it, and then just, like, like light gray redacted lines with a little lock saying locked content on it. You, it, you didn't even get basic stat lines. You got nothing. Um, this is a problem because the only way to unlock that content is through the download code that's included in the back of every codex. Um, which... Uh, Weren't out yet, and uh, some a lot of people haven't even gotten, even though it's on shelves. Because uh, Richard, you noted that
3: uh, they're not shipping them yet. Yeah, um, I my order from Games Workshop. Um, I literally just clicked on the the tracking link, and it says uh, shipment status is manifested. Today on Friday September, or it says manifested Friday September eighth, uh, and that is today on you know September tenth. Uh, has not changed status,
0: which means they they've definitely got it in their system to do something with eventually. But uh, and and yeah, I've that's the chatter I've been seeing online is that the NIDs Codex shipment, like stores probably got their shipments, but anybody who ordered directly it's delayed. So that's a huge problem, especially for people who like ordered collector's editions, you know, people who wanted that like that that nicer edition. Uh Yeah, so if you're a NITS player and you ordered your book from Games Workshop, guess what? No new rules for you until they decide to get around to shipping it to you. Maybe they didn't print enough of them. Maybe they're waiting for a second shipment of printed books to arrive. Because I believe all their printing is done in China. Like, their models are made in the UK, but a lot of their printing is done in China. So they may just not have enough of them to ship out. Uh, which or maybe is a-
3: they're, like... Maybe they're doing, like, some sort of, like, insert thing that has, like, printed, up updated, like, points or something that you can use with the codex that they'll shrink wrap with it or something.
0: Uh, possibly, because uh, those aren't accurate either, although they did have the QR code. Yeah, spoilers, Nid's points changed even before the codex dropped on yep. units that are in the codex that haven't been played yet because they don't come out until this week either.
3: So, And, uh, like, there's this weird situation where, like, like, things changed from, like, what they were in the index and then, like, some things changed back to what they were in the index with the right. new, new points updates and some things are, like, more expensive and, like, it's all over the place. It's not just, mm-hmm. like things were like five points more or whatever. It's right. No, it's,
0: it is a bad, if you are a NIDS player, this is not a good place to be. And this does not bode well for other factions going forward. For example, we have space Marines that have been, you know, the space Marines codex has been announced and will be coming out soon. And, yeah, Space Marines players, I don't know anyone who plays that. Oh, wait, that's, like, one of their most popular factions. (laughs) Uh, And every other Marine faction outside of, like, Grey Knights builds off of that. So that's kind of, like, one of the most important codexes. And if they don't get that right, it's going to be a huge problem for people. But this just does not bode well for the future of this app working properly.
1: Yeah, and uh, I will echo. One of those is the guy in the R group that plays Tyranids. He was like, "Uh, my app's busted. I can't get to anything." So it's like, "Oh, yeah, it's because the the Codex." He's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, so I guess I have to go get that if I want to even like mm-hmm. do anything." So yeah, <laughs> he, he was thinking he could still do. He's probably going to, going to get the Codex, but yeah, it's the whole I have to go find the Codex. I have to get the Codex. It's and the fact he can't even look at his older units because of the codex not being there it's it's it is a feels bad
0: it is a very big feels bad and i find it also funny that on the warhammer community website you can still download the tyranids index pdf but it is inaccurate uh you do have like like the invasion fleet is still the same because as we mentioned in our review it didn't change but there's a lot of little changes to units more, yeah, more than we listed. There, there was actually like some other finer details of like units losing like twin linked on certain rules or other things like that. So it's like your you can download the rules, but you're they're going to be slightly wrong. You're going to have slightly wrong stat lines on some units. You're going to have slightly wrong abilities on other units, and obviously you don't have any of the like. Did you buy a Norn emissary? Well, that's not going to be in there. Did you buy Neurolichter? Mm, too bad. Uh, so. Hey there, Editor's Note. In the interim between this episode being recorded and this episode being edited, Games Workshop has since removed the Tyranid Index from their download page, so unfortunately this isn't accurate. You can no longer download a free version of the Tyranid Rules, so uh, sorry if you weren't planning on picking up the codex. No rules for you. It's... It is a it's a mess. It's going to be confusing. It's going to be very confusing, especially for newer players, which has been one of the big pushes. Especially with NIDs being in the launch box, this is a bad look. This is a very bad look for new NIDs players. This so, is this is yeah. part of the reason why I was kind of disappointed
2: when when they did the relaunch of the edition. And they they nullified all the, the codexes and went to indexes, and then immediately said they were going to start doing codexes again. Because yeah, it feels like. part of me understands like, Hey, if we're going to make a codex, like we want people to buy it. Like that's the whole thing. Like part of me understands that, but I feel like the, the codex based update model that GW has been using for 30 years at this point is increasingly incompatible with the, uh, their desire to try to like keep things digital and keep things like flexible. So I don't know. It's going to be attention until they figure that out.
0: Well, and it, it, Pushes them further and further, kind of out of touch with where gaming is for most other most of their competitors. Because, like right now, I would say their biggest competitor is um, would be Atomic Mass Games with Star Wars Legions, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol, Star Wars Shatterpoint. Those games are all card based. Like they have unit cards, so index cards. Not not a bad. Uh, way to go about that. Um, when they release updates to those cards, A, the col- the full card, not just errata, but the full card is updated online as a downloadable file you can print out. And they sell like annual card packs that will be like, here's all the updated units. And that card pack will be like 10, 15 bucks. And we'll have like every updated card in the game for that season. It's like there's so many better ways that people are doing this now. Cody, yeah, the idea of of codexes is, is kind of out of date. Like there's a few companies that are still doing like army books, but most of them are with rule sets where there's very very little change required. I mean, like I'm trying to think of other games that would have army books. And it's like, well, Warlord Games has army books for bolt action, but most of those books haven't changed since the first edition of bolt action. And they don't need to because that game barely... You know, didn't fundamentally change between editions.
2: Well, and they also they can't
0: move the story forward
2: in that right. Game. It's World War Two. <laughs> it's like they're they're locked, locked in. They're
0: locked in a little bit more. <laughs> You're not going to get Primaris U.S. Marines, although, damn, that would have changed the war a bit. I mean, that's
2: why they that's why they have the other games. Uh, the oh gosh, what's their sci-fi spin-off game? Anyway, they have a, they have that weird World War II game as well that I actually really like, but nobody plays. Yeah, Conflict 47, um, yeah. Conflict 47, yeah. Um, yeah, it just, it's, like I said, uh, you know, I, I think it's an interesting tension because it's part of the reason why 40, 40K feels so flavorful is because of the codexes and because of the deep lore, and it just feels like it's kind of becoming increasingly incompatible with where modern gaming is. Um So I don't know, like maybe there's a way to do it. Maybe there's a way to, you know, I mean, it's obviously they're not going to change anytime soon, but maybe there's a model going forward where, you know, they can release the army stuff for free. And then the codexes are just,
0: you know, I don't know. The codexes still get printed, but they're just fluff or I don't know. like Yeah, well, no, I think the perfect way to handle it would have been army rules for free, including like detachments and things like that. And then for the people who enjoy the fluff and want narrative, because that's... You do the campaign books. Like, your campaign book could have, like, a big, like, several-page section on, like, hey, this this campaign is about the Nids versus the Space Marines for the Fourth Tyrannic War. Because we know that book is coming out. Like Like, that's where you could put a lot of your fluff for those. Yeah. No, that's true. And then just have, like, missions and scenarios and then crusade rules. But allow people to play the game without having to buy digital, you know, buy buying codexes and especially the model of you have to buy a 50 or $60 hardbound book to unlock your digital rules. We had somebody write in uh, again, we're not really doing listener mail at the moment, but somebody wrote in. It's like, yeah, I ended up having to like pay somebody who didn't want to use the digital rules so I could use their download code. Cause I didn't want to buy a physical book. I like using the app. So it's like, There's not a a separate option. You can't go on mywarhammer.com and just choose to unlock a book, which is – it's like I would pay – like, you know, whatever they were charging for the index cards, allow somebody to buy – pay that to just get the digital rules. That would be fine. Or if you're going to put the app behind a paywall,
2: give people access to the freaking books. Like, I'm paying – you know, I'm paying an extra, you know – Part you know, granted, I'm not I'm not paying Warhammer Warhammer Plus for the app, but it's included in the app. I'm buying it, you know, Warhammer Plus to get the app. Give me access to the rules. Like, I, yeah, it just it it seems like they are tr- still tr- they were still stuck in an older mindset for some of like the game development. And again, like maybe they can be because they're you know the 800 pound elephant in the room. They can kind of do you know whatever they want. Um You know, but gaming in general is moving away from this. Like even even things like RPGs, which we compare, you know, Warhammer to at times, like D and D Beyond, which has its own issues. um, You know, they're moving stuff more, you know, more to a digital model. So
0: I think GW is going to have to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah, there are D and D players who have never bought a physical book. Yeah, because they can get all the rules they need through. Uh, down like the downloadable basic rules, or they just have a a D and D Beyond subscription, and it does like a lot of the math for them, and just gives them like all the character building stuff, and they can have somebody else like share, you know, share rule books with them. Yeah, it's like we're moving into a different world, and while there is something to be said for actually owning a physical copy, I am a big believer in physical media as well. If you're going to like physical media, again, can take the pl- the form of cards. Like as long as I have a way to play this game with something, you know, have digital access, but also have a physical thing that I can use. It doesn't have to be a large book. It really does, especially when the books for factions are nearly the cost of the core rulebook. Because Tyranid Codex currently out of stock online is sixty bucks, or if I go to get started getting started, the Core book for the game is $65, and that includes all the fluff. Or for $25, you can get just the rules section. It's like, why should I spend more on a faction book or an equivalent value of a faction book for the core? You know, like, why should it be more or comparable to the core book? Um, and I know the Space Marine Codex is probably going to be like seventy dollars, just because you know how it's many facts. Yeah, yeah. How I mean, it's always been a more the more expensive book because there's so many pages in it that I would not be surprised if the Space Marine Codex ends up being more than the core book for forty k. And the core book
3: is not a slim book, so yeah, this is it's a mess. And and the the new Tyranid data cards are thirty five dollars and were sold out before probably about the same time that the collector's edition of the codex was sold out.
1: I I will still say I really like having the data cards and maybe that's how they should go is have the data cards and just have the air quote book before your um, fluff and the data cards are the rules.
3: Yeah I am curious as if to is if those data cards come with an unlock code too like the codex or not. I doubt it, but that's, that would be ideal. As if- they should. Yeah, they absolutely should. Cause you, cause you are buying physical copies of the rules. They should come with that unlock code as well. I, I, I enjoyed having the, the Tyrannid data cards for the one time that I got to play with them. <laughs> By, okay. So
0: here's a note on, here's a note on the, uh, uh on the data. Data Sheet Cards, Tyranids. This set of 53 cards will help you keep track of your Swarming game. Uh, along with individual data sheets for every single Tyranid unit, detailing their profiles, war gear, options, and special abilities. You'll also find a reference card for the army rules, as well as special data sheet cards for use in co- Combat Patrol games. They are not including detachment cards in there. And they note at the end, you'll need a copy of Codex Tyranids to make full use of these cards.
1: So in essence, you don't need the cards.
0: No, the cards are nice to haves, but they are not a replacement for the codex. And no, they do not include a digital code in any way that's going to give you a way to not use the codex. Which means if you want to have cards that you can use, you're going to have to spend about a hundred bucks between the cards and the codex. When before you could spend what about 20 bucks on the index cards, which also tells me because we know that. Number a number of the units changed, that puts the lie to the whole, oh, we want the index cards to be something you can use for the entirety of the edition.
1: I believe that they still wanted that. It just was... They very- shouldn't have told you that that was their goal, though. Yeah, it was w- overly optimistic. In retrospect.
0: Yeah, and it's <laughs> I, it, it annoys me because it's like, that was something we were very much... You know, it's like, that's a very cool thing to hear. Like, we've got these units, yeah. and then we can tweak everything
3: else with... Detachment rules and points,
0: and uh, no,
3: no, that 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 needed a lot more play testing before <laughs> they put any of this out. If yeah. that was their goal, mm-hmm. so
0: uh, this is just another strike. I think uh, if I was going to update our grades, I would have to like rules accessibility, and things. this would be a solid hit. That would drop these those grades to like C's and D's. Because this, if this is a sign of what's to come, uh, but but speaking of uh, things that uh we we said needed work and you know we gave D's and F's to was the Kodak army balance uh, both externally and internally and so one of the goals uh of this was uh a balanced data slate that was going to address the overwhelmingly obvious balance issues with the game with three or four factions running roughshod over everyone else and about a half dozen or more factions being basement dwellers where they did not have a chance to compete
3: well they got one of them (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yes we're gonna we're gonna break this into two parts uh, all in this episode we're gonna take a break in between but uh we're gonna start off talking about the balanced data slate itself, and then in part two of the episode, we're gonna look at uh points changes and kind of really break it down uh, how we're feeling about uh, individual factions so let's just get right into it with uh the balanced data slate, and uh, there were. Uh, six core rules changes. Uh, and then there are also a number of faction changes, but the six core rules changes, these are all relatively, you know, have some relatively large impact. Uh, first, devastating wounds. Also, I do want to point this out. The balanced data slate has been updated. The core rules document has not. Now, I understand that is because the balanced data slate is supposed to layer on top of the core rules that's a mess. Also, the app core rules have been updated with the balanced data slate, so... Uh,
1: well, I'll put out this that people have found. Um, the core rules have been updated, but the reference links have not. So, like, we're talking about devastating wounds here. If you go into a weapon that has devastating wounds and you click on devastating wounds from the weapon, it still references the old rule. Oh, God
0: cuz the the app like if you look up devastating wounds it's the new rule so right so okay
1: that's they they haven't fixed all of the links
0: uh that's that is also a mess it's nice to know the app is only slightly better than the old one anyway moving on um <laughs> So core rules, page 28, devastating wounds. And it is nice that these have page numbers on them that reference, you know, one of the things we did like is that the core rules are, have the same page numbers, regardless of which version you're looking at. Page 28, devastating wounds. Delete the example from this ability and change the text too. uh, weapons with devastating wounds in their profile are also known as devastating wounds. Weapons each time an attack is made with such a weapon. If that attack scores a critical wound, no saving throw of any kind can be made against that attack, including invulnerable saves. Such attacks are only allocated to models after all other attacks made by the attacking unit have been allocated and resolved. Saving throws cannot be made against critical wounds scored by this weapon, including invulnerable saving throws. So the big change there is devastating wounds are no longer mortal. They are in a gray space, a liminal space between normal wounds and mortal wounds where they are unsavable, but they do not spill over.
1: I think that's a good spot for him, truthfully.
0: Uh, Yeah. so yes and no, and, and I'm going to explain why. Uh, yes, devastating wounds were a problem for like one or two units, primarily Eldari units, uh, primarily support weapons and wraith knights with uh, heavy wraith cannons. Um, and the problem was, especially with the heavy with the wraith knight, it could delete infantry units just by looking at them. Uh, And that's bad. That is absolutely bad. Not a thing we want. So their answer was to mor- make them not mortal, make them not spill over. So yeah, they're going to kill the one thing that that attack hits, but they're not going to necessarily wipe out everything around it. That's good. But the problem is now you have an, a lot of factions, especially unit factions that were like what we would consider psychic factions. Like devastating wounds was their their old mortal wound output. Like it was one of the things that kind of gave them, you know, a sense of danger. Uh that's mostly like they're now just doing unsavable wounds, which again, not not bad, but it's not it it really uh, lowers their damage output. Um, this hits some armies like Thousand Suns, for example, gets hit really hard by this because so much of their stuff is based on devastating wounds from psychic powers, um. It also impacts a lot of units that have rules that give them uh, Feel No Pain against mortal wounds. Those don't trigger against devastating wounds anymore. So, like, the uh, Custody's Shield Host does not work against devastating wounds because it's only against mortal wounds. Uh, The Norn Emissary has a save against... uh, as a Feel No Pain against uh, devastating wounds. Now, if you have... Now, you have stuff like... base marine librarians which have feel no pain against psychic attacks and that's different but i think this ends up being a broader hit than it needed to be to address an issue with a couple of units and i think like is it a bad rule no is it the right rule i don't know i mean i think i think the thing is with this
2: regardless of The game balance aspect of this, because I think we'll set that aside for a moment here. I think they didn't want, they didn't like the way the rules interacted. Like, I think that's really what this boils down to. It's like, oh, a wraith knight, for example, with an anti-vehicle weapon shooting at a unit of infantry deletes the the unit of infantry. That's not what we want. So, like, yes, there is a balance aspect to this change, but I think it's really just more of them trying to like real like realizing that wait a minute no the way that these rules interacted isn't how we want so we're going to change it I, I don't really care like honestly like i think it's good yeah some of those some factions lose like abilities that triggered only against mortal wounds but it's not like mortal wound output is completely gone from the game so
0: no I don't it's know. it's I'm not just, com- no yeah. you're you're right it's not completely gone you still have tank shock you still have some abilities uh, and unfortunately, in the app, it's impossible. To, if you search for mortal wounds, it only looks up the rule mortal wounds. You can't actually look up abilities that trigger mortal wounds, which is a pain. But and so I, I I don't know. I, I know it's there are units that have mortal wound output specifically, uh, but it is by removing this from devast like devastating wounds especially on like overcharged abilities and things like that like overcharged psychic abilities stuff like that did devastating wounds it's a it is a a big it it cuts down mortal wound output significantly in the game to the point where mortal wounds are going to be more the except you know far more of an exception than which mortal wounds were always kind of you know it's it's a rough thing to deal with it is one of the least interactive parts
1: of the game I but. will also toss this, I don't think we did the deep dive into it, but other than like the D cannons and things like that, most things that caused mortal wounds were maybe up to a D3 or maybe three, so there was maybe a one wound spillover if you were shooting at smaller or bigger things. So it it truthfully is a minor impact to those mortal wounds, I mean- and the same thing; those bigger shots should be taking out bigger characters, or be like space marine terminator killers, that just have the added benefit of well, if I'm fighting guardsmen, I can kill three of them. But I don't know. It, yeah, it's kind of how. Go ahead, Richard.
3: I I I feel like the 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 kind of the better solution to, uh, like the problem that you are pointing out, Rob. That like it takes away those those defenses that certain things have is to just change a lot of the ones that say that they have feel no pain from mortal wounds change that to feel no pain from psychic attacks or just feel no pain just a straight feel or, no pain or would just be fine. straight feel no pain yeah which would help buff those units in general well, mm-hmm. we'll get
1: to this bounce. Some of them probably didn't need a buff, and this I is know. a good nerf. I, Custodes, yeah. cough, cough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to them later. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, yes, this this they changed it, but this is actually a, a nerf to some of those armies as well, which they were trying to tone those armies down.
0: Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's, like, I think, in, uh, in my mind, an alternate fix for this could have been because again it was focused on a couple of units in particular would have been to change the Eldari strands of fate rule to count as a modified die roll because then it wouldn't have been able to trigger devastating wounds which was the big problem but I mean this is a way to fix it and Kevin you're right this this kind of a, gives them more space to work with as far as like that rules interaction so I get that it just seems like wow that's a really big hit to hit two units, (laughs) you know, like to really affect two units.
2: Like I said, I think this is more, this feels to me like the way they changed it, feels more to me like, oh, this is a rules interaction in general we didn't like, rather than this is like a specific thing to fix X unit or Y unit. Yeah, It just feels like they're,
1: yeah. (laughs) I agree. I don't think it was targeted specifically for those. I think it was like, oh, we've got all these guys saving too much, or hey, we don't want this to trigger this way, so... I think it was a bigger net they were casting rather than just going after those two units with this. Okay. All
0: right, moving on to the next one. Uh, Page 41, stratagems. Add the following. Modifying a stratagem's CP cost. Rules that modify the CP cost of a stratagem when you target a particular unit can only do so for a stratagem that targets multiple units if every unit you target has the same ability to modify the CP of that stratagem. Rules that modify the CP cost of a stratagem but that do not specify the name of the stratagem can only be used to affect the CP cost of battle tactics stratagems. This does not apply to the aircast colossus, striding colossus, or towering wraith construct abilities. Uh, example, Captain's Brights of Battle ability enables that model to be targeted by a stratagem for zero CP. This ability does not specify does not specifically name a stratagem, and so can only be used at only be used to use a battle tactic stratagem for zero CP. Asserman's tactical acumen ability, however, enables you to target this model's unit with the fire watch or fire overwatch stratagem for zero CP. As the name of the stratagem is specified, that ability can be used even though the fire overwatch is a strategic ploy stratagem. Example two, a Kalidus Assassin's Reign of Confusion ability, when used, increases the cost of one of your opponent's stratagems by one CP. This ability does not specifically name a stratagem, and so it can only be used to increase the CP cost of a battle tactic stratagem. Uh, And then stratagems that can be used more than once per phase or turn, rules that allow you to use a stratagem even if another unit has been targeted by that stratagem this phase or turn, but they do not specify the name of the stratagem, can only be used to... Uh, can only be used to use battle tactic stratagems. This is a huge hit because there's not a lot of stratagems that are actually battle tactic stratagems.
1: Well, in, in the core rules, it's really just command rerolls. If command rerolls, in,
0: and I think go to ground is the other one. Yeah,
1: but like I, I was worried when I saw that because I like using the stratagem on custodes to say, hey, my guy can or my shield captain can say we do one for zero CP. I'm going to use this one where my custodes can be sticky on an objective so I can start moving away from it. And I looked in custodes of their six um, stratagems in the shield host, four of them are battle tactics. So I'm actually fine. Um, and that one is one of them. So I, I think it, it's going to really depend. Core, it hits super hard. But I think each faction, it's going to be slightly different. And I think most of them have at least two. I didn't look through all of them.
2: Well, and I think you're going to see more as those codexes start coming out too. I think you're going to start seeing like some of the some of the differentiation in the stratagems, uh, you know, with the different uh, with the different detachments and things like that. So I, I think this is again this this feels like it's one of those things to kind of a uh, platform building forward than than a
0: specific fix for right now. Yeah. Now it does hit some things. Uh, like there's some things that are seem a little bit wonky because they are. They are functionally the same, but uh, classified differently. So for example, if you're a Space Marines player, the Gladius Task Force has armor of contempt, which uh, worsens an AP of an incoming attack by one. That's a battle tactic stratagem, so they can use it they can uh, you know have a captain, let them use it for free. Grey Knights have pretty much the same ability except its true silver armor. That's a war gear stratagem, so
1: too bad. Well, it's because you're you're wearing that special armor,
0: <laughs> but you know again, it's just like these are things that have the same ability, but one faction can use it with this, and the other can't because, uh, yeah, because it also makes Calidus assassins a lot less useful, <laughs> you know, or anything that anything that can you know they're not the only ones; there are other abilities that can the, increase yeah, the cost. The one
1: strat- has
3: that ability, and yeah, it's- I'll,
1: I'll say yes and no. I- I The r tiered player, he can't do it against Fire Overwatch now, but he can still do it on command rerolls, and command rerolls are pretty important at times.
0: They, no, they are. They are. But it's just like this really whittles down the number of stratagems that can interact with these rules at all. And it is not evenly distributed. It does hit the core rules really badly. Um, I do like that they have the you know the special call out that it doesn't screw over factions that you know or units that call out particular stratagems, and that's good. But uh, it's it's a big hit. It and uh, as we will see when we get to some more uh, faction related uh, changes, if you thought your stratagems were safe because they were listed as battle tactics, they may not be. So just keep that in mind.
3: In general. I feel like rules that, again, like, limit reliance on stratagems in general help streamline the game. It is a problem that these aren't quite evenly distributed as far as, like, the way the nerf is. I that That is a concern, but, like, in general, having stratagems just be kind of more really pivotal moments in games, I feel... More important than just a, oh, every turn I use this.
0: Yeah. No, that is that is absolutely fair. Uh, speaking of stratagem changes, we have another one. Uh, specifically, the Fire Overwatch stratagem on page 42 changes to... Uh, the, the changes on this one is, first off, the effect is only... Imp- Applied, if the enemy unit is visible to your unit, you cannot indirect fire overwatch anymore. Uh, The other restriction, you cannot target a titanic unit with the stratagem, meaning the unit that is firing, not the unit that you can overwatch at a titanic unit. You cannot overwatch with a titanic unit. Uh, again, this one is really targeted towards um, Eldari because, again, with uh, strands of fate, and I was—I've been on the receiving end of this. A wraith knight eliminating a unit because it moved into their line of sight. Uh, also, support weapons eliminating units that just happen to move within twenty-four inches of them. Um, this was—I a- mean.
1: I'll say the other half of this I've played as knights and being able to overwatch with Gatling cannon, other guns. Oh yeah. Stubborn, no, no. It's just crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah. The, the efficiency, that, that Lord, you know, the Titanic units get out of this stratagem is, is really crazy. Uh, this definitely feels like a targeted one. Like the, the yeah. these changes yeah. are targeted. Yes. Things. I, I know they haven't really done this a lot. They did this much more in ninth edition I think I would have been interested to see this change to like a one one CP two CP stratagem, which they haven't really done a lot this edition, where like things have different cost if it's a Titanic unit. But like I think it would have been nice to still be able to do it on a Titanic unit. It just costs two or three CP instead of one. Mm -hmm. But I also I'm also fine with this change.
0: Well, like they you know, they mentioned in the modifying a stratagem CP cost doesn't apply to like aircast colossus striding colossus that's the rule that like for the really really big units like doubles or triples the cost of their strats and so you could build that in like you could just say like knights or like titanic units pay like that could just be a rule on overwatch like you said or on the individual units like double or triple for to fire overwatch just because of the sheer number of guns they have um so uh the the units it does hit the most though it is this is very targeted at like i said Eldari units knights to an extent i know uh the knight valiant uh with its mega Flamer is kind of you know feeling the pain on this one a bit um it also strikes things like bane blades and you know the all the very large tank chassis um it is it is a strangely targeted, I think overall it's a better strat because I do agree that like, um, indirect overwatch is just, that's just not a good idea anyway. That's uh, the, uh, the Titanic one. I I'm kind of fine with, I do think it, it hits some units a little bit more unfairly than others, but I get, I get why they did it, but it does seem very targeted at a couple of units in particular. Uh another change on uh page 42, the insane bravery stratagem changes. Uh uh battleshock step of your command phase just before you take a battle shock test. Um you target a unit that must t- from your army that must take a battleshock test. The effect is your effect your unit automatically passes that battle shock test, and the restrictions you cannot use the stratagem more than once per battle. Um so we get kind of a throwback to the later day I believe the later days of ninth when they made yep. uh insane bravery once per game. Yeah. Or was that always in ninth?
1: No. It it well it used to be well it used to be you could do it once, I think, per turn, then they changed it to once per game. Right.
0: But the big one being able yeah, you know, once per game and you have to do it, you can't like roll and see if you pass and then decide to spend it to fix it if you don't. You have to spend the C P up front. I'm pretty okay with this.
1: I, I'm perfectly fine with this, and I'm laughing at it, because this this is the first thing of, hey, 9th edition had it right. Why did we change it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's fair.
0: But well, I, I do... It, I like the
2: knock-on effect of this, of making uh, Battleshock actually matter more, because hmm. what, you know, the, the the unintended effect of the way things sequenced before this change is you had to test in your command phase when you got cp when you like when you got that extra cp so you always had at least one cp to use insane bravery once per turn so like so you never if you had a unit that was holding an objective you never had to think about it I'm like oh i will just spend the cp they will stay on this objective and you know it's fine and it never impacted you now it actually makes battle shock unimportant an thing and like you have to like use insane bravery you know strategically and it's just okay now i have to get it once per game i have to choose what units
0: might fail this like before i roll like i i like i think this works a lot better yeah no i i'm good with this i mean there's there's still some other issues with battleshock like the fact that using it on your turn on enemy units you know ends very quickly like it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. impact them that much but this is a good first step towards making Battleshock actually feel like it matters. So no I'm I'm absolutely on board with this change. I have n- no notes. I think this is a good one. Uh, and then our last core rules change, page 48, uh rule uh, ruins visibility section. Uh models cannot see over or through the strain feature. Uh this part's all the same. Aircraft models are exception to this. The change being, it used to say aircraft and towering. Uh, air, so, towering models do not ignore ruins anymore. Uh, towering models that are within this terrain feature can also see out of see out of it. Normally, the reason that matters is because to see out of a ruin, you have to be wholly within a terrain feature. Uh, now, towering models only have to be toe in on a on a ruin to be able to see out and through over it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, uh, this fix it. Like this was one of the big complaints about towering and, and terrain and like show me showdown had a rule, like, cause it was all player place terrain and like you could pick one piece of terrain to be completely opaque. You know, it's like this pick one unit or one piece of terrain that towering does not work on. Um, and that was kind of a kludgy fix. Uh, and a lot of people were like, we don't want to go back to the big L shaped featureless walls that we saw a lot of in ninth edition. Uh, we so saw those this- before ninth, but yeah. Oh yeah. In eighth edition too. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, it's like this is, this does address that issue. You still end up with some bits of weirdness. Like if you have a low, like a, a low height ruin, uh, you can't see the night that is very like half over it because it's basically ruins are infinitely high now. But it, it overall, because most ruins are generally taller than that or obscure, you know, it's like it's pretty much fine.
3: So, hey, Kevin, Lord of Skulls got better. Yeah. Oh, you can sure. hide behind ruins.
0: Oh, absolutely.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. so, no, I no, this is, is. Yeah, I think this is good.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is a good change. Uh, and again, this is a little bit of a rollback to ninth edition. So um, I'm. I, yeah, this is this is overall good. it's a it's just a good change for get, you know not forcing people into making weird terrain to try to make knights uh you know a viable opponent <laughs> you know like a, a, where knights just ignore the terrain rules for a lot and it does it also does help knight players because knight players because the thing about towering is it cut both ways like if you can see me I can see you and shoot through through the building and i was doing that with like rail guns in my, one of my games against knights so this is actually good for knight players too they can hide their towering knights if they can get you know pivot them so that they're fully behind a via- uh, uh, behind a ruin um it allows them to keep their knights safe and then move them out when they're ready to shoot or you know charge with them so yeah, now this is this is overall a good change for everyone knight, knight players included all right, so those are our six core rules changes. Let's get into the faction rules. Some of these are bigger than you might think, and some of them are smaller than you might think. Um, so, start off with Adeptus Custodes. Adeptus Custodes, the unwavering sentinel stratagem, the one that gives you fights first if you're on an objective, is now an epic deed stratagem, not a battle tactic. So, no freebies. No using it That's twice. Fine. Nothing. But that's one of the things that's been very abusive because right. it's just de- oh yeah. Like once once they're on a on a uh, objective, there was no shifting them, right? Uh that one's a big change. Here are some other big changes: the Custodian Guard data sheet unit composition is now four to five Custodian Guard on one units. Like the units no longer cap at ten; they now yeah. cap at five.
1: That doesn't affect me because I was only running them in. Threes to start with, and now I had to do fours and just added a Vexilla. So, I mean, meh. But yes, it, it gets away from the custode blocks, blobs that were like running around. Right.
0: I've, I've had. I've seen those. I never actually had to like get really in depth with one, like it, you know, toe to toe with one. But I have been on a table where one was running around kind of on the fringes, and it's like, oh, that's going to be pretty much impossible to deal with. Uh, so yeah, that's been cut down. Uh, custodian wardens are now they have uh, they're uh, they have a four to five side. I think you can still take them at three.
1: No. Wardens are con- now four to five. Yeah, they used to be like... Th- oh, they're all four three. to five now. Yeah. yeah. So that affected, like, I was going to try and do Custodes at the next um RTT here in town. And, yeah, my list suddenly got changed because Wardens, I had a squad of three, and now I have to add a fourth one. And, well, I had to change it for other reasons, too, like point increases, but... <laughs>
0: Uh, and then, finally, Virtus Praetors, their jet bikes cap out at three instead of six. So, basically, a lot of their kind of, like, main bulked-out, you know, like, units that they could they could build out large uh, have been cut down to basically what you can get in a box.
1: Right. Uh, well, kind of. I think some of them still come in boxes of three or five, so... It's- <laughs> well, like, the bikes come in boxes of three. Yes, the- bikes do. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's like this.
0: This definitely cuts down from the big bricks, and like, uh, you know, like I remember seeing six unit Virtus Praetors back in like eighth and ninth too, and they were oh yeah, they were yeah. hard to deal with then. So yeah, yeah so custodes t- takes a bit of a hit on their current army builds with this. No,
1: they do. The slight concern I might have would be they don't have they, since they're like kind of like photon. We don't have that many units. Would this change have enough and the answer i think is still yes between adding in sisters which i think people should do even though they're they're really not great on the tabletop other than holding objective type things um you still forge world and forge world can still bulk out a custode's army very well if you can't have well you can still have a ton of guard because they are battle line but just you can't have 60 of them (laughs)
0: <laughs> right <laughs> which oh <laughs> uh, uh moving on now you know adeptus custodes was one of our top mm-hmm. factions now we have adeptus mechanicus one of our bottom factions uh they only get two changes and they're both basically the same one both Skatari rangers and Skatari vanguard uh get their uh, unit save change to four up and their invulnerable save to five up which i think was five up six up before um, which gets them back to where they were in 9th edition. Um, <laughs> and I don't think anyone would disagree with like their troops got ridiculously squishy for what they're supposed to be. Especially because I believe their units also had their uh, unit size when 10th edition came out. They used to be able to take you know blocks of 20 and now they're capped at 10. You know they're just units of ten, so it's like they their battle line units were just not survivable enough. Um, so this this is definitely helps them. Unfortunately, it doesn't address the issue of them having the worst attachment in the game. Um, and uh,
1: Codex will fix that, right?
0: They and I think that's that's been one of the suggestions for why they didn't get a big change is because they are one of the fall Codexes, like them oh, wow. and Necron. Yeah. It's like once Space Marines are out, it's Mechanicus and Necron's next, I believe. So that's probably why they didn't get a big shift. Uh, so we may very well see their codex completely changing their, like, the default detachment rule. So, or, or even retiring it. We don't know. So, and so that, that will help Mechanicus somewhat, but their big help is going to come this fall when they get a new book. Eldari! Only one change. Surprisingly, only one change. And that changes to the Phantasm Stratagem, which is... I don't like the Phantasm Stratagem. Like, I don't like it being used against me, because it's a pain-in-the-ass stratagem. (laughs) Uh, uh, And the big change is target one Eldari infantry unit. Uh, You cannot use it on vehicles, like... People were using it on, like, fire prisms to move them out of the way. Uh, you know, right. it's like, bring out the one that I can change shots from and then uh, phantasm it away on your opponent's turn. Uh, or doing the same thing with wraith knights. The Now it's limited to an infantry, which would not have helped me in the game where a block of 10 wraith guard reused against me and just in- phantasmed across the board. Right. But, but, in, in, in it our does help. Group,
1: the Wraith Guard and the guy who plays Eldar is like, yeah, I love Phantasm because I can move them more than they can normally move. Right. Um, uh, and then the other time he used it was when I deep struck close to his Autark who had lone operative. I'm like, well, I can charge him. And he was like, no, Phantasm, no, you can't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So Phantasm's still good. And for the other units, you still have fire and fade. Like Eldari are not hurting on, uh, mobility stratagems so this this does tone it down somewhat and again this is very targeted to hitting particular units that were problematic namely again wraith knights fire prisms hornets uh, things like that um, but th- they honestly eldari as far as ru- like faction rules changes got off pretty light all things considered
1: i i will agree with that they they kept them primarily the same, the how they were tried to air quote fix them is in the points changes when we
0: yeah and, and we'll get <laughs> to that in part two, right. but yeah. Uh, other than some tar- very very targeted core rules changes as well. Next up, Agents of the Imperium, the Exaction Squad data sheet. If you like the Adeptus Arbides, you're taking them in units of 10 now, not units of five. Uh, And this includes uh, allowing two of them to replace their combat shotguns instead of just one. This is in response to the fact that so many Imperium armies were using five-man squads of exactions, like five-man exaction squads, as extremely cheap objective grabbers.
2: No, I've seen a lot of people talk about this, that, like, basically it means that uh, if you want, you can still use Agents of the Imperium for, like, cheap stuff like that, but, like, you're using in- Inquisitorial Henchmen at this point, you know, which are garbage troops, which, you know, is what they're supposed to be, rather than trying to take, like, Arbites or uh, Breachers and stuff like that, you know, to yeah. to kind of fill out those, those uh, objective holders, which... I think it's good like again that 's probably that 's not exactly how they envision that stuff being used, and you don know, 't splashed in everywhere, so
0: yeah i 'm right. fine with that yeah this no this is this is a, a change to fix an issue that 's like yeah, and especially in an edition where because you can 't fine tune points, you will often find yourself with the points available because like agents of the imperium. And a section squad was thirty-five points. You could easily find yourself with thirty-five points available. Now, yeah, and yeah. So the the new points, um, they they did get a change uh, because they're instead of being thirty-five and capping at seventy-five, it's now a hundred and ten-point unit. So yeah, you're not splashing these things in anymore. Not at all. So. Uh, so this is a good fix to, you know, like an unforeseen consequence. But it's like, as we have seen, you know, back in the days of the Lucky 32, it's like somebody can splash in a cheap set of units to give them the like, game winning possibilities. They will do it. Uh, next up, Death Guard. Death Guard got possibly one of the biggest changes in that they got a whole new detachment rule. Like, bolted onto their existing one. So, their old detachment rule was just they had sticky objectives.
1: Which they also have that aura thing, too?
0: That's their faction rule. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, the Nurgle's Gift ability is their faction ability, which is just the increasingly large bubble of minus one toughness, which no one cared about, because toughnesses have been shifted up in this edition, and most of their weapons key off of lethal hits, which don't care about toughness. So... (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) anti-synergy yeah so now uh now um spread the sickness detachment rule add the following to the start of this rule during the declare battle formation step which is when you declare like who's in like leaders on units and who's in uh reserves who's in transports etc um select one of the sicknesses below until the end of the battle all units from your army with the energals gift ability gains selected sicknesses skull squirm blight uh when a unit Enemy units within contagion range of this unit worsen their ballistic and weapon skill characteristics by one. Rattle Joint Ague, uh, while an enemy unit is within contagion range, worsen the save characteristics of models in that enemy unit by one. Or Scabra Soul Rot, uh, you know, while they're within contagion range, enemy units lose one leadership and one objective control to a minimum of one. And then they yeah, that specify that it affects multiple characteristics. So, uh, this, the fact that you can tailor it a little bit, um, this does act, actually give, um, Death Guard some new abilities and basically turns them even more so than th- they w- were. It uh, turns them, you know, into basically a debuff army. Uh, and you need to basically have units that push forward, which you do have. They do have a couple of units that can move somewhat mm-hmm. quickly and have these auras that just uh, whether it makes them more vulnerable by decreasing their saves or by making yourself a slightly more survivable by lowering their ballistic and weapon skills and affects those not hit rolls so it does stack with any penalties or bonuses to hit rolls so um, this is not bad for Death Guard this is absolutely good for Death Guard the one thing a uh, concern I've seen from Death Guard players is that it does not address a couple of the other issues with the army, which is extremely slow movement and not having the survivability that Death Guard f- feels like it should have. Like there's no feel no pains. There's no damage reduction. You're s- just you've got higher toughness, which they always did have. And that's about it. Uh, But this does give them some new tools to work with. And when we get into points changes, we'll also see that they'll have more tools to work with. Um, So this is overall good for Death Guard. I've seen some people saying, like, Death Guard could be, like, a new threat. Um, I don't know if this pushes them into that territory. But it does definitely will help pull them out of the basement somewhat.
2: Well, I think the
0: changes here, like,
2: signify two things for me a it means that death guard are not getting their codex anytime
0: soon um, no no they're not no they're not even on the of, roadmap yeah
2: like and, and i know some people are like well maybe we'll get something in you know summer 20 like no you're you're your ways out because if they're radically changing the detachment rule you're not getting anything anytime soon um this also makes them play very similar to how they did at the start of eighth edition where they had a lot of debuffs and um I'm fine with that actually like yeah I would like the feel no pain rules just because I think feel no pain is a good rule and I'd like to have it um but like the 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 ability you know the aura uh the aura abilities to like debuff things like that feels very eighth edition and I think that definitely works with death guard I don't think it's going to make them top tier by any means but I think it's going to make them a lot more viable so
0: yeah yeah uh, moving on, uh, Death Watch, the one marine army that was actually doing pretty well in this edition, um, they have uh, three stratagems changes, Dragonfire, Hellfire, and Kraken rounds all got updated to only affect bolt weapons with a complete list of what is and isn't a bolt weapon, which is a pretty long list, honestly. And the big thing here is that uh, it no longer affects things like frag cannons or the desolation <laughs> M- uh, marine launchers, which those were being used a lot by Death Guard players because the all of these made those very, very good, and now this does not affect those at all.
1: Um, I, you yeah. heard my big sigh. Yeah. That's because I know in fluff, the rounds were for all your bolters. Your special weapons used their own special ammunition. So this just feels like they had to clarify it for players of what intentions were. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: but between this and the changes that we'll see to Desolation squads a bit later, uh, this hits current Death Watch builds pretty hard. And unfortunately, a lot of their other stuff, like, we'll see some points changes for them as well. Uh, Death Watch... Uh, takes for not being for me being still within the Goldilocks zone because they hadn't cracked like fifty five percent. They were in the maybe the the low to m- medium fifties as far as win rates, but this does hit them very hard. But it is probably a case of this has been adjusted because uh, an unintended rules interaction and, and a non fluffy right. rules interaction. So right, I I feel for Death Watch players, but I, it's like you should have been this should have been this way the, from the start. So I can't really. Mm-hmm can't really argue about it. Well, and I also think there's a
2: there's an element of like yeah, they they mentioned this in the 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 video they put out with the balanced data slate. Any, you know, it, it is a zero sum game. Anytime you take down say Knights or Gene Sealers or uh Custodes, those wins have to go somewhere. And mm-hmm. if they thought those wins were going to go to Death Watch if they didn't make changes,
1: then yeah like i get them trying to be proactive and making some of those changes ahead of time see see, kevin no i think that's wrong it's it's, you say it's a zero-sum game but yeah those wins have to go somewhere they're all going to go to eldar
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe
1: maybe (laughs) but we got to go for that 100 percent rating right
0: (laughs) um speaking a unit of armies that we're doing very well and might not be in the future um gene Steeler Colts: the cult ambush rule got changed um change the uh first paragraph to if your army faction is gene stealer Colts, each time a unit with this ability is destroyed roll a d6 adding one to the result if it is a battle line i believe it was three before yeah i think it was three yeah um And adding one on the result if it is the first or second battle round. On a five up, add a new unit to your army identical to the first. All the rest of the rules are the same. Before, it was adding... Roll a d6, adding three to the result if it was battle line. And on a four up, they went into cult ambush. Which means battle line units infinitely Uh, went into cult ambush. Yeah. Um, That is no longer the case. And that... That hits the the builds of this army that were just flooding the field with uh, unkillable uni- units, unkillable units that would constantly come back with demo charges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's not happening anymore, uh, and will become even less likely to happen after turn th- after turn two's over. Like turn one and two, your cult ambush stuff will continue to be likely to come out. You'll be getting it on three up. For your battle line on turns one and two, uh, after that, it's not nearly as likely, and even your non battle line stuff is now only coming out on fives instead of fours, so this is a huge change like this this hits them directly in their like in in whatever like what the tactic that the army was built to take advantage of this this hits them really hard,
3: but I it it's right. To me, I like yeah, as I, somebody who I, I can't argue with it. Gene Steeler cults. I'm like, I, I read that rule and then I read that rule again because I was like, that doesn't <laughs> say what I think it says. It does say that. <laughs> okay (laughs) kind of kind of one of those reasons why like in our friendly 1000 point games i didn't play gene stealer Colts (laughs) because it's not friendly at that point (laughs) (laughs) yeah it didn't feel very friendly so yeah
0: uh and then the other change uh to uh they did have a change to the adeline jackals data sheet uh which, every time they used cult ambush abilities, set this unit back up on the battlefield, in addition to the normal rules, all of its models must be set up wholly within nine inches of a battlefield edge. That's actually, I think, a little bit of a buff, because it used to be six inches. Yeah. yeah so it- this gives them a little bit more room. But yeah, that cult ambush rule does hit them hard. It, this This brings them down, I think, firmly into the mid-range of armies. Like, just that right there is a huge change. And much more along the lines of where they should be. Nobody should have infinitely recurring battle line units. Nobody should. <laughs> um, the one army that they couldn't deal with was, in many cases, Eldari, because Eldari just had the speed to move up and make those cult ambush markers go away. But uh, but uh, for a lot of other armies, they could just flood the field with bodies constantly. So, the, no, this is a good change. Gene Silver needed that, needed this being toned down um let's see moving on gray knights uh hail haloed and soulfire strat is now a strategic ploy not a uh battle tactic yay what <laughs> oh. oh yeah well. that's the one that's the one that lets you uh your unit can't be targeted by ranged attacks it basically gives a unit that teleported in uh lone op effectively yeah, right Yeah, Yeah, so that's not a battle tactic anymore, so no free or doubling up. Yeah, that's fine. But it also means nobody can make it cost
3: three CP. (laughs) Right. I mean, at the same time, like, and this is just the lists that I've been running. Like, I generally only used that once per turn anyway, because I had so few units. (laughs)
0: Right, <laughs> which will be a little bit better
3: as when we get into the, like, looking at
0: points. But, uh, yeah, so that one, that's just a change to kind of tone that down. It, for, I think that's just more, like, preventative maintenance type change. Yeah, that's um, Yeah. Let's see. Imperial Knights. Bondsman abilities changed. Uh, some Questorus models have a Bondsman ability tagged with the word Bondsman in your command phase. Uh, One or more models from your army with a bondsman can use that ability for each one that does select a friendly armager unit within 12 inches of that model uh, until the start of the next command phase. The armager model you selected is affected by that bondsman ability. The change here is that it used to also affect the knight creating the bondsman ability, um, which I think gets this back to where it was
1: in ninth edition. That is correct. Although, in my mind, I don't know what knight armies other people are playing, but I don't really have issues with the big knights. My issues are with the armagers, because there's like eight or so of them on the board, and they're just hard to deal with. So this really doesn't feel like that much of a change to me. Yes, you're getting it back to how it was in ninth for the big knights, but the issue dealing with knights for me is the armagers.
2: Well, I think the other thing that this does is it makes them work the way that Chaos Knights work. Because that is that was the the other thing is that like Imperial Knights had the you know, the way this bondsman ability worked was different than the way than the way you could buff uh Chaos
1: Knights. So Chaos think, Knights is just auras.
2: Yeah. So I think as I opposed this, to this, you
1: still target something, but you just don't right. get the buff yourself. So right. and they think still that, yeah. are different.
2: Well, but I think this I think this makes them closer because you're not getting you know, you're, you're only buffing the armagers like you would with Laura. Right. so... Okay, that's uh, that That's, to me, I feel like that's more what this is. Like, yeah, there's still issues with armagers. They're still going to be difficult, you know, to deal with. Uh, knights are still going to be a pretty top-tier army, although, yeah. you know, some <laughs> of the other changes will impact it. But, yeah, I, I think this is more, I think this falls firmly, in my in my opinion, into the category of, eh, maybe this didn't work
0: exactly the way we intended it to, fluff-wise, so we're, let's change it. Yeah, I'm going to pour one out now for anybody who bought the new Serastus Knight Lancer kit, hoping to add it to their uh, knight army, because their ability to charge in a turn in which they advanced, it's a bondsman ability, so the Sarastus will never gain benefit of it.
1: <laughs> oh, that sounds like a oversight. Yeah, yeah. So...
0: Um, that's, that's like the one place I think that it hits that he didn't necessarily intend for it to hit, but,
1: they uh, might errata that
0: they might, um, we'll have to decide if it's a big enough issue or, you know, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of a, uh, unexpected hit there. Uh, a few other changes to Imperial Knights. Um, the Thunderstop stratagem is now an epic deed rather than a, uh, battle tactic, and the Trophy Claim and Valiant Last Stand stratagems both had their cost changed to 2 CP, which uh, those, I believe, were originally 1. Yes, they those were 1. Which the Trophy Claim is the one that lets you gain a CP. Um, if, if you, you like, kill a monster vehicle, I believe. Right. So now it, it's basically diminishing returns if you do that. Um, and then Valiant Last Stand is the one that lets a knight keep fighting before yeah after death so that one being a two i think is also fair because that's really powerful ability given what knights can do and then th- yeah thunder Stomp, uh two cp to give uh your your knight that you can't target monster vehicles but all its melee weapons get devastating wounds which i don't know with the fact that devastating wounds has been toned down i think that's kind of unnecessary like that feels like a change that didn't necessarily like need to be i mean it's mi- changing it from a battle tactic to or to an epic deed which they still have two other battle tactic stratagems
1: but i i think it depends on what weapons you're using because technically if like you're using on a gatling cannon if something has lots and lots of shots devastating. it's only their still... melee weapons it's oh, only, only melee, melee? weapons uh, yeah then yeah yeah, you're, well, it goes back to the Wraith Knight fix, then. You're not...
0: Well, yeah, I mean, now, like, the Reaper Chainsword has 12 attacks on sweep, so there is that. Like, that's... Uh, the uh, the Knight Gallant's Reaper Chainsword has 18 attacks on sweep. So, okay, I can see where that might be a little bit of a problem. Um, and considering it does two damage each, that with Devastating Wounds, if it had been the old Devastating Wounds would be a problem. I think it's just like, this feels like an odd change when you're layering it with other changes. Like it feels a little bit excessive to fit, to do this when you've already addressed a couple of the other things, but it's, I may not be that big a deal. Um, next up, we've got leagues of Voton leagues of Voton, uh, their ruthless efficiency detachment rule has now changed from targeting and making one unit have two judgment tokens. Now you get two, four, or six, depending on battle size, with 2,000 point games getting four units targeted with double t- double tokens.
1: Okay, this is just amazing. This is probably what it should have been to start with, because right now, when I've played Votan, I struggle against anything that doesn't have judgment tokens. Um, so putting judgment tokens kind of, I'll say the bad thing, gets me back to where I was in ninth edition. Um, so... And most people at 2000 points will probably have what, 10 units, 8 to 10, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so maybe more like, now, but right. Maybe more now. So a third to half of their army is judged and I can like still, when my things die, I give out tokens. I can have a call, look at somebody and give a token, but starting with one just meant, well, it's that guy. But with four, I can spread it around and like these are my big targets. These are what I need to hit, and I, I, I don't feel as limited because I've had a game or two where I picked something and the person just put it where I couldn't see it, like okay. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, basically
2: and, and, being able. To- oh, go ahead. No, uh, this definitely like when in the uh, the video where they were talking about this change, like I definitely understand the logic because. They they said you know kind of unintentionally the way that the leagues worked you gain your judgment tokens as units die so like by the time you built up enough to actually be effective your army had already been depleted so like Pretty they much, needed yeah. to kickstart it a little bit so yeah <laughs> I, I think that tracks
0: yeah now this this is a good change for them a uh, no no argument here um, it, yeah a little- Basically, you know, making your opponent, ma- you know, I've always been a big fan of making your opponent have to make bad decisions. And if you can mark four of his units for death, uh, it's like, Do you going to hide all of them?
1: Cause- <laughs> I still kind of wish that Votan could get the CP bonus from killing all four as opposed to just the first one. Mm-hmm. Um Because Votan still don't have good ways of generating CP. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'll, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, and then finally, our last update, uh, you'll notice there's no Tyranids, so they did just get a new book. You may not have it yet, but theoretically they have a new book. Um, Tau didn't get one. They've got a new codex on the roadmap, so I get that one. Um, Thousand Suns, uh, they got their change when more Devastating Wounds got changed, so, um, uh, but Space Marines, Space Marines, uh, get, uh, their bull, Like, their main bullet point is Desolation squads are now capped at five. Um, No more bricks of ten indirect that ignore the indirect penalty launchers that can be layered with other abilities. Now, you're taking them in units of five. And uh, as we get to points, you probably won't be doubling up much anymore.
1: I mean, this... In a way makes sense to me because I think Devastator Marines were only went up to five or could you make them go up to 10 and combat squad them? You could at various points make them go up to 10, but you could only take four heavy weapons. Okay. So uh, this just makes it feel to me more in line with the Devastators and the fact that you just have five of them. Yeah. So, and it's not like Long Fangs where you got only four and a commander who doesn't have a good weapon you you the commander for desolation has, has the better a good weapon, weapon too yeah, yeah. <laughs> no this uh, de- also
0: desolation Marines are no fun to play against like they're absolutely an unfun unit to play against and when they're in bricks of ten it's just miserable. So this is no, this is a good change, and this needed to be made. Uh, and the fact that you can't buy Desolation squads yet, I'm assuming there will be a box oh, of really? them for the. Yeah, they they are still only available in the Strike Force Agastus box. So oh,
1: um, I know so, where there's an Agastus box. Do I yeah. go in? Oh no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah
0: Desolation Marines are not available for purchase. I'm assuming they will be probably when the codex drops, but uh, yeah, for right now. And I imagine they'll be sold in boxes of five. So uh, yeah. So then this is a good change. This needed to be done. This was just an unfun unit and far too good for the game. I am surprised they didn't get any other adjustments to like they're ignoring the indirect rules and things like that. But again, with the points changes that we're going to see on them later, this is, this is, this should be enough. To tone them down. Uh, and that is it for the balance data slate. Um, I think some armies got hit much lighter than I expected. Some armies got hit way harder than I expected. Um, some and, and but again, I think a lot of these changes do feel right. Like I don't none of these changes seem like out of nowhere. I totally understand where where they were coming from, and why they were made, especially of the faction rules and again i I have a couple of issues with some of the core rules changes, but the more we talk through them, I can kind of see where they're coming from and what they're trying to go for with it. I still do think it's weird that we've got a third category of wound now that none of the other rules really interact
1: with, but I'll just wait till the next is- edition they'll they'll have it ironed out by then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and break five other things. Um, I am still su- I am surprised by things that I didn't see addressed here, uh, like f- fly rules being weird, anti-vehicle uh, firepower being lacking for a number of armies. Um, they just there's there's a, a several fundamental issues with the game that I don't think were addressed. And I understand they probably want to take a little bit of a light touch as as impactful as this is it is still a surprisingly conservative set of changes but it it either says they they will do bigger changes when they come back with more balance Although they're supposed, I think they said what they're only going to, want to do balance data slates like once a year and
1: points updates quarterly, or like maybe twice no. a year and quarterly. Yes, yeah, twice a year and quarterly. So this yeah. is them. This was supposed to be a just a points change. So the fact that they did hit rules as well means, oh yeah, we should probably address these now rather than wait till the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: which may... which okay. Oh no, yeah, because
2: they they did mention in the in the video that they are planning on doing another balance data slate, you know, in beginning of the year. So there, I, I think there's definitely more to come uh, and that'll hopefully will address some of the larger issues that, that weren't addressed but, as
1: much here. As you were saying, Rob, I think they're also doing a very light hand. So something that we might, we might see something be a problem for a little bit longer as they keep like, well, let's try this. Let's try it as opposed to just putting a hammer down on something right
3: away.
0: Yeah. It, or it also says that some of the things that we see as issues are not issues. They are intentional. Or maybe these are things that are like, well, we'll plan on addressing them when their codex comes out. But um, it, we'll get more into this in the second half when we look at armies and how they are faring with, like, points changes and how they look overall. But, uh, but yeah. So, yeah, I think this is a, a relatively conservative set of changes. But I think it does say something about what the state of the game was. That they're, this, they're basically their hand was forced. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any way to say that otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as those other changes to all the various factions in the game we will get to that in part 2 but before that uh, if you want to help support the show uh, one of the best ways you can do that is on Patreon at patreon.com slash preferred enemies where we have basically our Patreon is an online dip jar Uh, if you like the show and like what we do and want to help us keep doing it uh, even if you just put in a dollar a month that adds up to pay for our hosting and our uh, recording services and we really do appreciate all the help thanks to our Patreon Trends. uh this show is income neutral so we are able to continue to do it uh, we really appreciate everybody who uh helps give to keep the show going so uh again uh if you want to help support that's at patreon.com slash preferred enemies and we're going to take a break for sponsor identification and when we come back we will be looking at points changes and the overall landscape of uh 10th edition post data slate see you in a bit
3: miniatures we build them we paint them we love them that's why we also want
1: to get them to the battle and back again safely and that's where KR MultiCase comes in
0: they offer a complete model storage and transport system
2: they offer a wide selection of core trays for standard size miniatures as well as custom cut trays for specific models
3: KR's trays are made of a soft foam available in a variety of colors that won't scratch or snag your models
1: And to protect the foam, the trays are carried in easily stackable, swappable cardboard cases. They also offer a full range of Kaiser bags, backpacks, and aluminum cases
0: for transporting your KR cases. You can even choose from pre-built tray selections to suit
2: your army, or use the Autofill app to find just the right trays for your particular force. Whatever your
3: game, 40K, X-Wing, Warm Hordes, or Historicals, KR MultiCase has the cases to fit your needs. You can find out more at
0: krmulticase.com. KR Multicase. Soft foam for your figures, hard cases for the soft foam. Are you tired of playing on a boring battlefield? Do you want to step up the quality of your gaming table and make your battle look real?
2: Then you need to check out the battle mats from GameMat. Their professionally designed rubber based mats are just what
1: your gaming table needs. Available in a variety of styles, with everything from rolling grasslands to urban war zones, winter wastelands to alien deserts, there's a
3: game mat mat to fit any kind of terrain. Their mats are padded, anti-slip, waterproof, and when you're done rolling dice and battling on your mat, just roll it up and stick it in the convenient carrying bag for easy transport and storage.
1: And if you don't have a gaming table, they've got you covered with their folding Gboard portable gaming area and their line of pre-painted resin terrain. If you're ready to
2: upgrade your gaming table, head over to www.gamemat.eu and find the gaming
0: mat that's right for you. Game mat, giving your armies the battlefield they deserve. And we're back, and that means it's time to t- get into the second part of our look at the balance data slate, and that is the changes to the Munitorium Field Manual, a.k.a points changes. Um, now uh this did hit pretty much I think ev- almost every faction maybe I think Titan Adeptus Titanicus got away without changes. Those lucky <laughs> <new> bastards. <laughs> yeah, and my Revenant Titan didn't change either. It's still 1100. Yeah, not every unit got changed, <laughs> but I think pretty m- I don't think any faction other than Titans got away with with changes. Uh, some went up, some went down. Uh, fortunately, every unit that's changed is flagged in red. We don't have the flagged with like how much they changed by, but we will go through and uh, again, we're not going to list out every points change. That could take a long time and I think would be unnecessary minutiae, but I think we can hit the high points and kind of see where the factions are. Uh, just going to kind of take it from the top and work our way down uh adeptus sororitas got a a lot of points changes and most of them are drops uh i mean everything from a battle sister squad dropping by 10 points um let's see morven vol dropping by 10 points paragon war suits dropping by 40 points for a unit um uh, Repentia dropped by 10 points as their base cost. Retributors dropped by 15. Saint Celestine dropped by 15. Um, the only things I think that went up crusaders because they are extremely cheap units and they're kind of trying to, uh, tone down on that. They went up five points. So like they're 25, 50, and 75, depending if you take two, four, or six models, but pretty much everything else went down. Uh probably by about ten to fifteen percent across, you know. There's a few that didn't, uh Sacrosense, uh Penitent Engines, Seraphim, Zephyrim, they didn't change. Uh but and Mortifiers didn't change, but pretty much everything else ten to fifteen percent cheaper. Um net result of this is you can take Ten per ten to fifteen percent more sisters models on the table. The downside is those models still suck um, and do I not. Mean, have...
2: <laughs> also, though, the, like the Exorcist, and the Emulator, and the Castigator, like their heavy, an- their heavy vehicles also went down. So, sure, you could just throw more sisters in, but you can also have more room to throw in more anti tank.
0: The problem is that anti-tank is garbage because it isn't powerful enough to be anti-tank. Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) anti-elite infantry. It's not anti-tank. And that's the problem with sisters right now is they do not have the damage output that they need to, to really function.
1: Yeah. The biggest thing about sisters is the Holy Trinity. Bolter, Melta, Mm -hmm. Flamethrower. And in a way, Bolter handles your elite, Flamethrower handles the Horde, Melta's supposed to handle the big things. And, well, vehicles are now the big things. And technically, like, tiered in monsters are also tw- mm. toughness 11 and 12. And Melted does nothing against those as well. So it's... Yeah, you're... This is an army that's fishing for fives most of the yes. time.
0: And th- this, is, this is an army that also shows that dice fixing alone will not make your army powerful. Um, because it they helps. have... They, it does help, but... Um, and it's not just uh, against, like, Melta against vehicles. Melta needs a fix. Melta, Melta weapons across the board on multiple factions yeah. needs to yeah. be better. That is that is not a, uh, uh, only a sister's problem, but it's especially a sister's problem because... Up until now, that has been their main anti vehicle weaponry and right. canonically it's their it's the main anti vehicle weaponry, and theirs just doesn't do that job anymore and
1: they don't have any alternatives um well oh, the, i mean <sighs> Everybody's armor got better. I think they just need, to, I guess, pray more to make the Melta yeah. Do better.
0: <laughs> yeah, armor got better. AP tended to go down. Melta AP didn't go down, but range <clears throat> went down, which means Sisters also have to get closer to fish for fives with
1: Melta. Oh so well, I- I'm used to Eldar short oh. range. <laughs> now Sisters and
0: and chatter from Sisters players is like, yeah, this this helps by giving us more models, but it doesn't give us it doesn't give us any survivability because we're a T3 army. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't help our damage output because our, we, it's like we can put out more shots but not better shots and somebody like it's even been pointed out like what made Repentia really scary in the past was all the buffs you could stack on them Yeah, between faction ability like faction sub faction uh, character auras and things like that Um, you can't attach anybody to Repentia anymore there's no faction ability or you know like no sub faction abilities really like that was one of their main melee damage output it doesn't it bounces off marines now it's like <clears throat> repentia aren't good um they're cheaper now but it's like they're still they don't have the damage output that they used to it's like there's uh, just a lot of things that just don't work in this army right. anymore and it's I, really I, frustrating
1: i think sisters just there's no easy button to figure out so it's it's going to be what can be found for it and i know in the one game i did against like the friendly against tyranids the only thing that was really scary was the Paragon Warsuits. Everything right. else, like you said, was just eh. And I don't own any of the big vehicles to try them out because I'm more of – I want my Seph- Zephyrm and Seraphim on the board because mm-hmm. that's yeah. what got me into Sisters. Um So, yeah, I, I just am just acknowledging I don't have all the tools, but I'll just try and – Play board control and see if I can live. <laughs>
0: but the problem is, like even like the Exorcist and the Castigator, they're they're big tanks, cap at strength ten. So yeah. they are okay against very light vehicles, but against most of the big stuff in the game right now, they just it just the shots primarily bounce off. So it's sisters are still in a very bad place. Uh, they just don't have. This is an army that lacks the tools. It wasn't quantity. It was what tools they right. had in their toolbox um custodes okay we mentioned that custodes got hit with some unit caps um they also got hit with some significant point increases too uh custode custodian guard went up uh 200 to 250 points uh from 180 and 225 for their unit sizes uh wardens are 220 and 275 Alaris custodians all went up like 10 points base and just increasing from there. Trajan Floris up 15. Venerable Land Raiders up. Or no, that one actually dropped 20 points. Land Raiders are it's better. Nobody takes it. <laughs> uh, Vertus <laughs> Praetors got cheaper, but their unit sizes are smaller. Um, uh, but they do want you to take those sisters because Vigilators got cheaper. Witch Seekers got cheaper. Uh, prosecutors oh stay the same.
1: Oh. That- Prosecutors are the only one really worth taking right now.
0: Yeah. Um, no changes to the, cal- the Caladius, Strangely enough, the Contemptor Achilles dreadnought went up ten. Venatari custodians actually dropped in points significantly. Um, but the like the big things that hit custodes is they can't take big, ch- like blocks of units, and the what one- the ones that they can take went up. And like especially stuff like Trajan went up, uh, the Blade Champion uh, went up 20 points. So for the existing Custodes builds we are seeing, apart from the Caladius, we're seeing like a 10 to 15% increase. So you're going to have fewer models, and they're going to be in smaller units.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that, because Custodes are supposed to be the small elite army, so their unit sizes should be small. right. Oh, Captain on
0: a Don Eagle jet bike went up uh, 35 points. So that's that's a bit of a hit. So it's like, yeah, we're, like shield captains all went up and cost like 20 points or more. So um, yeah, they are definitely becoming an even more elite elite army. Um, that combined with some of the other changes, I mean, I think they're still going to be firmly in the 50 to 55% win rate, but, uh, they're not going to, I don't think they're a gatekeeper army the way they were. And I don't think they've got, they, they've got chances to podium. I don't think they're, they're an oppressive army. Like if you run into a good custode or like, you know, a halfway decent custodes player, you've actually still
1: got a fighting chance. And I okay. will say points changes. I did have to, like we talked about the wardens earlier, but for my 2000 point list I had originally, I had to drop an entire unit of, um, custodes just so I could add in that one unit or fill out the wardens and just like, yeah, it, it, the point increases did make a net. I have less on the board. Mm
0: hmm. <clears throat> uh, Mechanicus uh lots of points drops here. Uh for example, Scutari Rangers went from 125 points to 90. Scutari Vanguard went from 100 to 80. Like their troops got significantly cheaper. Their cataphrons actually I think they went down about like 5 points for their base units. Castellans went down 15. Like I I don't know if they I don't think they had any increases. It's primarily drops. On just about everything, apart from like the Onager didn't change, Tech Priest Dominus didn't change, Belisarius Call didn't change, Iron Striders didn't change, almost everything else dropped. Um, Everything, yeah, everything everything that changed dropped by five to ten points. Right. Uh, And especially with their troops getting more, you know, getting back to their old resiliency and being cheaper is going to give mechanicus more chances of board control and unlike sisters they do have access to weapons that can actually function against the tougher targets in the game. Uh, mechanicus is still hamstrung a little bit by having a very 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 bad detachment rule but uh, and a fair you know and a passable army rule right now but they're definitely in a better spot I think this gets them out of the basement and into like the low 40s. You know, forty-five to fifty percent range, and their code with their codex coming soon. We could definitely see a, a big shift there. But I think Mechanicus is in a better place. So, uh, is is it like are they the new hotness? No, are they are they in a better place? And you will feel less bad if you play Mechanicus. Yes, <laughs> I think. Um, and now uh, we're going to skip Titanicus because, like I said, nobody changed. Yeah, that didn't change, and only the Warhound can actually be taken in a two thousand point game. So. <laughs> Uh, but now we get to Eldari. Now, Eldari had already had some point updates with uh, the first pass at points changes, which raised the cost of the Wraith Knight and support weapons and the Fire Prism and the night Spinner. And we saw the massive impact that had on their win rates, <laughs> a- i.e. none at all. Right. Um, now... Eldari got hit with a lot more points updates. Uh, still very targeted at the good stuff, like the stuff that was in the common builds. So like, Autarchs, Autarch Wayleap- Wayleapers, the Avatar, the Incarn, um, Dark Reapers, Death Jester, Eldrad, Farseers, Farseer Skyrunners, Fire Prisms, illick who only got a very small five point update. And rangers didn't get touched at all. Uh, Night spinners, support weapons, like I said, the Incarn, Void Weavers, Vipers, Warwalkers, Warp Spiders, Wraith Guard, Wraith Knight, uh, Shadow Specters. Poor one out for the Scathic Wraith Knight because nobody was taking them and it still got a points up cr- increase.
1: Yeah, that one's sad. And just like you'd mentioned in our comment thing, Rob, the, the sword and board Wraith Knight, which... Yeah. <laughs> this Wraith is Knight... still my thing...
0: Yeah, Wraith Knight went up to 510
1: points! Right, and the sword and board is... I mean, it's a fun Wraith Knight, but it's melee only, really. You can put two shoulder guns on it, I guess. But (laughs) it should have a different points level than the dual gun Wraith Knight. Which, this is either... It needs a different data sheet, or they need to go back to points. I don't think they'll go back to points, so... Or granular points, I mean... So, please, can we have a separate melee Wraith Knight data sheet, please?
0: Um, now, I will say, I've, I've actually put together the list of uh, that one Show Me Showdown, which I actually got to play against, which did not use Wraith Knights, and that list went up, I think, 395 points. Ouch. Like, there's a... Tw- for for the, the big stuff that was problematic in this army, uh, there's like a 20% point increase it is significant i'm not gonna i am not poo-pooing that what i will say though is there's enough good stuff in the army that hasn't been used because the internal balance has been all sorts of wonky that um eldar players are already to adapt and most chatter among eldari players is uh we got hit pretty light
1: we'll you know it's like
0: and no (laughs) seriously they're they're amazed by how light
1: they got off i I, i'm laughing because i still consider myself i haven't really played them that much this edition because they were overpowered um but yeah that's my take too is um it was a slap on the wrists that that's really all it was and yes the big stuff got really hit i wasn't using most of the big stuff i will admit like the Thousand Point Harlequin list I was getting ready to do for a friendly group, um, it got hit and I had to drop a Death Jester, which in the retrospect that didn't seem that bad, just losing one unit. But, there, like you noted, Rob, there are so many good units in the Eldari book that haven't been tapped. And the stuff that's really good that people want to – or that, that are like must-takes, like the Autark and the Farsier. I mean, they went up, but they did not go up significantly enough that you would not take them, which I don't think Games Workshop doesn't want you to take them. They just want when you take them, you'll have less stuff on the board.
0: Right. Um, like, the Wayleapers, the biggest one. It went up 35 points, but a, a standard Autark
1: only went up 10. Well, it's because uh, the Way Leaper's purpose is just, it's a CP generator. And since right. CP feels so rare, the fact that you can have a lone operative on the board that generate you a CP each turn that that's that's strong
0: right but like the standard aut- like you could you know <clears throat> pivot to using an autarch and you're going to save yourself you know 40 points and uh you know it's like there, there's you still have lots of options to build with um like some of these like well instead of taking three fire prisms I'll take two or maybe I won't take hornets I'll, I'll come up with uh like, Vipers are 85 points, up from 75. Viper are still a, a perfectly good Bright Lance platform. And that's one of the things I've seen, is people are like, well, we'll go from the Devastating Wounds builds to just, uh you know, spamming Bright Lances, because there's still plenty of options that didn't go up in cost. Um, and so, Lance
1: is still the best anti-vehicle out there.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, Eldari, did, are, is their win rate going to drop? Oh, sure, they'll drop from 69% to 60 they're still going to be... <laughs> no, and that's, like, you check with other, you know, other sources online who have been doing analysis, like, Auspex Tactics dropped a video last night, you know, kind of breaking everything down, and he still has Eldari in a tier one by themselves. Like, they're still... They are still the best army, because even though their big stuff, like, the big stuff that was being abused got hit, like I said, they've got so much other good stuff they can pivot to... And they still have dice fixing and rerolls. And that's that combined with, you know, firepower and enough invulnerable saves to make up for the fact that it's like, well, sisters are a tough three army and they're struggling. Why aren't Eldar struggling? Because they can take plenty of holes. There's going to take plenty of vehicles.
1: (laughs) Flip side of that is Dark Eldar can do the same thing. They can take all the lances, they can take the vehicles. The difference is Dark Eldar don't have the dice fixing. Dark Eldar's uh, vehicles aren't nearly as tough, so those vehicles can get shot off the board by Melta.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, no, Drukari mm-hmm. are are still in a rough spot, and they're gonna they take one they take a hard hit in in here that uh, I don't think they deserved. But yeah, Eldari are doing just fine. Like they're not oppressive, but they're still going to be winning a lot of events. Eldari's still going to be really good. But maybe well, they, not so good that Eldar players don't feel like that they can play anymore.
2: I think this definitely, like, shows the limitation of the new point systems. Like, that, this was kind of my concern. Like, they did so many things in the design of this edition to kind of expand the design space and do things they couldn't do. And then kind of collapsing all of the units down to, like, you know, single points for all the weapon options. It makes the job like infinitely more difficult because you have to balance all the different weapon loadouts for uh-huh. all of the possibilities under one point total. And, you know, sure, like Wraith Knights needed to go up, but you're right. Like they've completely destroyed all other weapon loadouts for Wraith Knights. So it's just, it's, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, okay. My hope is that they, they figure out a way to balance some of these units other ways than just points, because like No, I just I I I think that there's you see it here in Eldar, you see it in Death Guard, and some of the other places where they made points changes. It it doesn't feel like they've really like they fundamentally like changed the 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 style of the army, or I don't know. I just I can't really articulate what the issue is, you know, specifically, but like they end up making a lot of these like block changes to units and. I don't know. It it means that like the variety in the weapon loadouts and the unit loadouts that we were hoping we'd see become even less because well if I'm paying, you know, for example, if I'm paying, fi- you know, uh 340 points for Wraithguard, I'm going to take the best version of that unit. Right. So, I don't know. I it, it it exposes some of the limitations I think for uh their ability to modify the design and balance with these points with the way they did points this edition. Going off that, Kevin,
1: here's one of my optimistic hopes that probably won't happen. In the app, they have points, but they don't have points on the data cards. So Mm -hmm. in theory, maybe after a year, maybe next summer, if they see that the point thing isn't going as they planned, they they go back to the granular points. Because they don't have to change the data cards that they printed, because there are no points on them. They would just have to update the app, which... I'm crossing my fingers that hopefully that that is not one of the reasons why the the app had problems in the past was the granularity on the points.
2: (laughs) I mean, it feels to me like they've they're fully committed as a company to doing to this style of points. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they can get there because there's not really the same issues with, you know, uh, Age of Sigmar using these style of points. Granted, not nearly the unit flexibility in Age of Sigmar. But right. I, I don't know. I it feels like points alone are not going to be enough to, to fine-tune the game the way they want to. So they're gonna have to find another way to do it. Because I I think this helps, uh,
0: but it doesn't it doesn't help in the way that it, it used to. Right. Well and Age of Sigmar also has the benefit of like the options you're looking at, which a lot of units don't have any options, and the ones mm-hmm. that do, it's generally like Oh, are you taking the weapon that has and you know hits better but doesn't but doesn't break armor as easily or are you taking the weapon that yeah. breaks armor more easily but doesn't hit as often? So, you know, it's it's more or less a wash as opposed to oh, are you taking the weapon that has range and obliterates units at a you know, if it looks at them versus the really nice sword that you have to get up really close with? Right. You know, like it's very, very different lo- set of loadouts. And the fix, if you're not going to do unit like, or like, you know, granular war gear points is you have to get those weapons into parity with each other. Like yes. you have to make them both viable, equally viable options. And right now they have not gotten to that point. And, uh, that's, and we're going to see that with Tau also. And I think t- to an extent with mm-hmm. Imperial Guard as well is that we just, they don't have that figured out yet so and we know they can do modular upgrades because hey you can still buy a shadow specter exarch uh, separately Yep, (laughs) that did go up like shadow (laughs) specters did go up as well as they should they are a ridiculously stupidly good unit right now they're more expensive they're still units of five are still 95 points they're still very good wait what it's only 95 wow Only 95 went up for, you know, went up 15. It was 80. Now it's 95.
1: Uh, They're still very good at 95.
0: I was because they have to be
1: like 115, 125 by
0: now. Nope. Nope. That's only if you take if you take a block of 10, it's not 190, but units of five that are easy to hide. uh, Now they're fine. All right, uh, Agents of the Imperium. We hit on this. Uh, the Exaction Squad is now ca- is now fixed at ten to eleven models, whether you have a hound or not, I believe. And then uh, went up to one hundred and ten points. The Collect the Calidus Assassin dropped to ninety, which is fair because her ability is not nearly as useful anymore. Uh, and uh, Voidsman at arms went up like ten points each to again try to dissuade people from taking cheap units to score objectives, you know, that aren't in their army. Um, Astra Militarum uh, got a lot of drops on like their infantry. Uh, Their tanks generally went down like the Lehman Russes generally went down. Uh, Rogel Dorn went down like 25 points. We see a lot of like 10 to 15 percent drops on a lot of units. However, other things from their Forge World stuff like uh, the Earthshaker carriage battery went up 40 points. The Medusa carriage battery went up 30 points. Like they are trying to dissuade people from taking the stationary artillery. So those went up in cost. Um, let's see. The basilisk didn't change. They, I think they had changed that last the last pass and they, they kept it where it is. Um, Sentinels tr- like armored Sentinels ch- uh, stayed the same. Uh, Scout Sentinels went up 10 points. But their overall, like a lot of their infantry and their tanks dropped in, like the battle tanks dropped in cost. Not so much like the Bane Blades and stuff. Those are, or no, I think the Bane Blades did. Bane Blades actually got cheaper. I stand corrected. Uh, by about sixty points for a base Bane Blade. Yeah, went no, from five forty yeah. to four eighty. Okay, no, I take that. Yeah, all their tanks basically got cheaper, except maybe the Shadow Sword. It did not. Like that's. Shadow Sword and the Storm Lord stayed stay the same, but most of their tanks dropped. Um, uh, Storm Sword went down, uh, Was it? Oh, uh, no, it did. It's the Storm uh, Lord. Uh, 40, Storm Lord. Si-
2: 60 points?
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, it's the Storm Lord <laughs> that changed, that, that yeah. stayed the same. But, yeah, so uh, this is trying to encourage uh, guard players to move out of the parking lot of in- of artillery and move into tanks. Whether or not Lehman Russes are balanced at 180 versus 195 points, considering, again, they have to fit in the costs for every possible Sponson loadout and every possible secondary weapon loadout. Because, like, they can take a heavy bolter or they can take a LAS cannon on that front weapon. Uh Are they going to take uh, heavy bolters? Or are they going to take plasma cannons on those Sponsons or multi-meltas on those Sponsons? Um, like that's a big range. And again, not all those weapons are equally viable for doing particular jobs. So they, they, it's questionable whether or not those are still, uh, workable options, but it definitely, but does put them in a better place. We'll see if we see different guard builds coming out of this, uh, black Templars, Pretty much saw points drops, uh, except for their vehicles. The Gladiator Lancer went up five points, but that's because the Gladiator Lancer went up five points or more or so for all Space Marines. So the Black Templar one is no uh, no exception. The Gladiator Reaper, though, dropped 20. The Gladiator Valiant dropped 25. Like, a lot of Space Marine stuff got cheaper um and black templars benefit from that so you know marines will have more bodies on the field black templars are actually in a pretty good spot if they can get more bodies on the field being you know an assault army with actual like vehicular backup must be nice right world eaters um so (laughs) uh so i think like black templars definitely benefit i think they've got a chance to kind of climb up the ranks a bit Uh, blood angels might also pull themselves out from like the just above the basement to maybe first floor Uh, their uh, death company got cheaper Uh, sanguinary guard got cheaper which is a real help for them like significantly cheaper sanguinary guard went from 215 to 175 that's huge astorath dropped 15 points dante dropped 15 points Uh, mephiston dropped 10 points yeah, Death Company, uh, Marines with Jump Packs dropped 25 points. Uh, that Yeah, it's like, Blood Angels, the Blood Angels that do Blood Angel things generally got cheaper. That is good for them. They still have kind of a meh detachment, which basically just gives them the old Furious Charge, which is not nearly as good as a Gladius, but um, Blood Angels, I think, are... They're in a better place with these points updates, because... Again, this is a case where you have the tools you need. This just gives you access to a little bit more of them, and that's good for them. Uh, Chaos Demons. Um, Some changes back and forth. Bellicor went up 25 points, but, like, Beasts of Nurgles went down. Bloodletters went down. Bloodmaster went down. Bloodthirster went up. Burning Chariot went down. Demon Prince went down demonettes went down like a lot of the base troops went down flamers went up great unclean one went down health Flayer went down slightly um lord of change went up <laughs> it's like so chaos demons are a little bit all over the place i think this discourages the bellicor builds a bit but otherwise and just kind of
1: what i was it? noticing is the smaller unit like the the Troop types went mm. down. The big demons went up. Because when you get to Shalaxi, oh, she's yeah. she godly f- pointed. Fifty points up for Shalaxi Hellbane.
0: So I Scar- the <laughs> issue I think
2: the issue here with Chaos Demons is you were seeing a lot of the big heavy hitters dropped in to Chaos Marine armies as allies. Exactly. Yep. And yep. this is to dissuade you from dropping in a Lord of Change or a Bloodthirster or, you know, Great Unclean clean one, obviously, when it went down. But, you know, dropping in some of the larger demons and instead, like, committing to actually bringing demon units uh, as part of your ally detachments. Yeah.
1: And Which, the, the flip side, right. when I was going through my demon 2K list, it ended up going... Up, But I think it was only like by 30 points because I had some of like the big keeper secrets in Shalaxy, but the demonettes and that brought it back down. So it's like in the end, it it felt like a wash.
0: Yeah, if you are playing a demon army, you are probably more or less fine because yeah, you're and it, you know, your big stuff went up, but your smaller stuff went down and it's pretty even. But yeah. Definitely trying to discourage you from splashing stuff in. Unless you're a Death Guard player, it's actually not a bad place because the Nurgle models almost all got cheaper. So it's easy mm-hmm. to ally them in. So I think that's also kind of a gimme to Death Guard players, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chaos Knights, uh, War Dogs pretty much went up. Uh, the Knight Rampager went down. And I actually the see the carnivore, carnivore, carnivore went down. Carnivore went down. So your melee knights went down every... But your shootier armor, your shootier war dogs went up. Right. Um, uh, they benefit from, you know, they get the same benefit from changes as the Imperial Knights. I think there's a little bit more parity now between Imperial and Chaos Knights. With the the fact that the Imperial Knights rule has been eroded to only be rerolling like one one reroll and with some of the other points changes and the loss of like the uh, Overwatch and things like that. I think Imperial and Chaos Knights will be closer and also with the change to, you know, making Battleshock a little bit more effective that might actually help Chaos Knights. So I still think Imperial Knights are slightly better, but Chaos Knights might be in a
1: slightly better place themselves now. So we'll see how that shakes out. I will agree with both those statements, and I I, don't know, I want to see my Chaos Knights on the board and actually doing something. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Chaos Space Marines. Uh, a few increases. Abaddon went up. Forge Fiend went up fifteen points. Um, Obliterators went up ten. But there's also plenty of changes where, like, Chaos Bikers dropped ten. Defilers dropped like twenty. Um, Chosen got cheaper, which they were already good, and they're even cheaper mm-hmm. now. Um, Legionaries dropped a little bit. Um, Lord of Skulls is still stuck at four eighty. I'm sorry. Not your Lord of Skulls though. So. Oh yeah, no the 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 good one that you want to take dropped. So yeah, <laughs> uh, Warp Talons dropped like thirty points. Like they're in a really good spot. Raptors dropped. Um, like five points so it's like a lot of the 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 cat like the line chaos space marine stuff dropped and then there's just a few things like forge fiends which were probably a little bit better than they wanted them to be abaddon who's just a big force multiplier like he went up but i think overall like if again if it's one of those things like with the other drops if you are playing a chaos space marine force you're pro- it's more more likely gonna be a wash if you were taking those those couple of units that went up otherwise you're like you're probably in a slightly better space. I don't think the point drops overall are as huge as we've seen it with other factions, but it does give you just a little bit more room to play with so uh I think a yeah, s space Marines will be where they are, which is already in not a bad place. they're already in like the like the fifty to fifty five range i think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll say for what I was doing with the Chaos Space Marines, which I had an Allied night in, so well that didn't change. Demonettes getting getting cheaper helped out, but most of the items I was taking weren't hit up or down, so it, it right. really was. Yeah, you guys are fine. Stay here.
0: Yeah this this strikes me more as fine tweaking than any fundamental change in chaos and how they play. Um, Dark Angels. Uh, let's see. Azrael drops. Belial drops. Um, Deathwing Command Squad drops slightly. Uh, Deathwing Strike Master drops slightly. Deathwing Terminators dropped slight, like th- not quite the scale of changes we're seeing. These are more like five point drops. Um, Lionel Johnson no change. Samael drops fifteen. Talon Master drops ten. Um, this is more going to be layered on with other changes from the Space Marine Codex. So fine tuning on the dark angel specific stuff i think they are pretty much in the same place i don't see big changes for them uh death guard on the other hand gets significant point drops pretty much across the board um like mortarian even drops th- uh 45 points from 370 to 325 uh like a lot of stuff here drops like 10 to 15%. Um, Death Guard are actually looking now as a somewhere between an elite and a horde army, and they need those bodies to spread contagion. So that's really where Death Guard are going to be. Um, if you wanted to play that resilient elite army, it's that's not where Death Guard is going to be right now. It's going to be more a kind of a board control. Uh, they're going to be an area control army, And uh, they will have more tools to do that with. Um, So uh, I think Death Guard are in a better spot. Do I see them like rocketing up the charts only in comparison to with how low they were before? But I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be doing fine. I'm still selling my Death Guard army though. It's just, <laughs> well, and I think the new play style, it's not one that ne- necessarily appeals to me anyway. So, and I was selling it before the balance data slate dropped. I'm not right. pulling it off the market now that it is. I've still, I'm ready to move on to something else there. But uh, uh, assuming I ever get a bite on it, uh, ha- that hasn't happened yet. But <laughs> but I think Death Guard, dedicated Death Guard players will be pretty happy with these changes overall. Um Deathwatch uh Proteus Kill Team went up. Uh Spectre skill team went down. Deathwatch Veterans went up. Uh Veteran Bike Squad went down. Um I like and with the other changes we're gonna see for Space Marines, I think it pulls Deathwatch down, and they don't have a lot of other like faction-specific options that make up for it. Uh, Corvus Blackstar is still bad. Um, It looks awesome. It looks awesome. It doesn't have good rules. Um, And most of the other kill teams are not really moving the needle much. So, yeah. Deathwatcher, I think, in a tougher spot than they were before, for sure. Uh, Drukhari, a fair number of points drops. Like, a lot of, like, 5, 10, 15 uh, point changes um, but the ravager went up 20 points and that hurts them. Cause that's one of their main dark lance platforms. Um, so, and as we said, while they can play similar games to the Eldari, and I think they also did bump that because we saw a lot of Inari lists that were bringing in Drukari, So this dissuades you from bringing in ravagers, <laughs> but, uh, and also, yeah you know, but like yes, Drukari will have more models on the table. I think this will help them a little bit, but they're they don't really change that much. and again, they still have tools to function. It's just they are not as strong rules wise or toughness wise as other factions, and you know, because their vehicles are made of tissue paper, and uh this is an addition I think we agreed uh before recording that is very vehicle heavy. And if you can't, if your vehicles can't survive, then you're not in a good place. Uh, Gene Steeler Colts, lots of points increases. Uh, Like Neophyte Hybrids, those units that used to come back infinitely, they went up 10 points. Uh, Acolyte Hybrids went up 10 points. Achilles Ridge Runners went up 10 points. aberrants went up 20 points. Pure Strains actually went down. Primus went up 20 points, Reductus Saboteur went up 10 points, um, the Nexus went up 10 points, the Locus went up 5 points, like, Biophagus and Clamavus both went up 10 points, so a lot of the stuff that was being used in these massive body rush unit, you know, or armies, Went up, their army rule got worse. Uh, Gene Steeler Colts basically got firmly kicked from the curb from being like a top tier army. I I don't think there's any way to, but they were they were a top tier army because they had abusive rules and very cheap units. Yep. (laughs) Um, Gray Knights, uh, basically, you've got more you've got more points to play with. Uh, I think one of the biggest winners, Purgation Squads, dropped fifty five (laughs) points. Ah uh, squads dropped thirty uh, the land Raiders dropped like twenty twenty to thirty um, grandmasters and nemesis red knights dropped forty five points um nemesis dread Knights themselves dropped thirty uh you know one of the problems richard you had was that you couldn't fit enough models into like a th- even a thousand points you've got yep. a lot more range now a yep. lot more range
3: i i still i still kind of question like there's Hardly any difference between the Grandmaster and Nemesis Dread Knight armor and just the Nemesis Dread Knight. <laughs> yeah. To, and that that fifteen points just seems weird. It it they're a little more on par now with with the points drop. But like it it just seems weird to me that they they are like the the Grandmaster isn't really any better. <laughs> right. Um, and then,
0: the, you know, Grey Knights still have the issue of, um, unlike Sisters, they are very survivable. They are very tough. Uh, but like Sisters, they also lack, for the most part, strong anti-vehicle weaponry, because Nemesis Dread yeah. are not cutting it. You've got Laz Cannons on the Land Raider. That's about it. Everything yeah. else is just... You, you're the- resilient, but...
3: The, yeah, it, like there's, uh, I think there's a build where if you use like venerable dreadnoughts, razorbacks, and like a land raider. Ah, eh, true, yeah. That, that gets you enough Laz cannon. But then I also kind of see people talk about like, well, Grey Knights are all also very mobile. Um, so, like, maybe just leaning more into, like, playing to their strength and, and doing less worry of, like, trying to hamstring yourself with trying to put in units that maybe aren't very optimal just to kill vehicles and monsters. Mm hmm and and just focusing on like the mobility and the ability to score points that way right. is probably a a better strategy for gray knights but like when so many other armies are just going to focus on big monsters and vehicles like that still makes it hard to score points even when you are mobile so right uh, and
0: it's like you can lean into some – try to ne- lean into like the Nemesis Great Hammer for your Dread Knights, but now you're hitting on fours instead of threes and that – even on your yeah. Grandmasters and that kind
3: of sucks. Yeah. So yeah, – so it's like why doesn't the Grandmaster hit better? <laughs> yeah, you'd think he would. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, Grey Knights, I think they, they struggle a little bit, but they do have a better toolbox than like sisters, so yeah. they're at least in a better spot, and being able to put more models on the board for an elite army is it, very good,
3: yeah, yeah th- this is this is net positive uh, I, yeah I, I won't I won't deny that
0: right um Imperial knights uh su- surprisingly few changes, Armagers went up uh, five to ten points, Canis Rex dropped 30 points uh and other than that all their knights changed stayed the same they are pretty much impacted more by the core rules changes than and their are uh losing bondsman abilities which i think does tone them down notice noticeably so because a lot of imperial knights were doing the i'll have some Questorus knights i'll pair them with like an art you know just enough armagers spattered about to take his battle line and to be able to get my own bondsman abilities on the big knights. That's not happening anymore. So, um, uh, Imperial Knights are definitely going to be, uh, dropping. They were already dropping a bit from the previous points changes and the, uh, the chain, the errata to their detachment rule. So, um, I think they're going to be definitely toned down. I think, I don't think they're a gatekeeper army anymore, but you still want to be able to deal with them. But if you can deal with vehicles, you can deal with knights. So um, they'll be fine, but I don't think they'll like, there'll be something you want to be able to deal with. But like I said, you'll have, if you can deal with most other vehicle heavy armies, you can deal with knights. Uh, Leagues of Voton. I'm guessing you are pretty happy with everything getting point drops.
1: (laughs) Yeah. As I was looking at things, my list that i originally had at 2000 points at the start of the edition is 300 points cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um and as i kind of said, well what's what could you buy with 300 points? Well, you could put in another land fortress and a squad of thunderkin. You could put in two squads of the uh, hearthguard which are still very strong. So it's you can get in two really solid units or three smaller units in there so this will do the the problem of yeah they didn't have enough firepower because by the time you you get going um you didn't have as many models on the board so giving us more models and jump starting with the j- extra judgment at the beginning i think it puts votan in a decent spot right now and I'm, I'm looking forward to try them out
0: yeah i think with this votan have the chance to compete I really do think like this this pulls them out of dead last and I think puts them in a place where solidly again, middle. Solidly middle. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Having having more models for an army that and especially if you have more models, more units on the board, you can absorb those kinds of losses that would give you judgment tokens and still have things on the table. to right. To capitalize on them with.
1: And also, if you don't lean into the judgment tokens and go fully mechanized, land fortresses are major sources of, like, vehicle killing damage. Mm -hmm. And so are Sagittars. And Sagittars are down to 100 points each. I mean, I guess that's more than a Viper, but this is a transport.
0: Right. Um, that would but assume fact- that you can actually buy a Sagittarius, which you can't.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, I, I I was tempted. I already have four. I've had four for a long time. But I was tempted to, like, maybe you should go five and six. How is that? But, yeah, you can't find them at all anywhere, anywhere. I, I looked at a few stores here. You can find a Land Fortress at each store, but no no Sagittarius and no Hearthguard. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think anybody wh- whose Leagues of Votan would be unhappy with the changes you got like that's that's very very good for them uh necrons uh necrons had a number of targeted changes uh mostly against like the things that were kind of very resilient and dominating in their particular army lists transcendent satan went up 20 although he can still take uh i think it's the centernal weave which makes him really powerful um lich guard went up 25 points base uh Locust Heavy Destroyers went up five. Locust Lord went down five. Imhotek went up... Or no, Imhotek went down five points. Uh, Zerus went down 35 points. Uh, Scorpic Destroyers dropped 10. Scorpic Lord dropped 15. Tesseract Vault dropped 50. Silent King dropped 50. (laughs) Like, uh, Triarch Praetorians dropped 15. Uh, Doomsday Arc went up. We were seeing a lot of, like... Doomsday Arc heavy builds, they, because the Doomsday Arc has a really good gun. Um, it went up uh, twenty or no, 35, yeah, no, 25 points. Doomsday Arc went up 25. Hexmark Destroyer went up 10. Uh, so this has some, uh, Canoptic Doomstalkers and Reanimators went up 10. So we've got some, like, targeted changes to address the things that were really being abused but also points drops to make other things like the Silent King. Monoliths dropped, like, I think, t- 35 points. Uh, Necron Warriors went uh, dropped 10 points. Ophidian Destroyers dropped uh, 10 points. So more just a readjustment to... A- to you know, shift their play style a little bit, but we didn't see any big rules changes. We didn't see... I think Necrons are fine. They were already in a... A well-played Necron list is already in a very good spot. So this just you know mixes up their builds a little bit, but I think Necrons are still going to be doing just fine. I think they're still right in the middle to higher middle of the pack. So I think they're doing okay. Um, orcs, uh, a few points increases, but also a number of points decreases. Like the Beast Boss went up 20 points. But Snickerot went down twenty points. Zagstruck went down ten. Uh, Burna Boys went down five. Def Dread went down twenty. Def Copters went down fifteen. Mech Guns went up ten. Mega Knobs went down five. Luda's went down five. Uh, Kill Rig went down twenty. Bad Ruck went down fifteen. Hunter Rig dropped twenty. So again, just kind of a readjustment.
3: Yeah. Uh, lot, lots of fives and tens. Yeah. I, I think they're. They, they didn't touch, like, the Squig Hog Boys, which are, are good, like, anti tank. Mm hmm. Um, and. The, just the fact that, like, the, the Mega Knobs went down. They were already deep, pretty decent. Knobs went down. Um like the beast bosses were getting used quite a bit, I think. Um mm-hmm. they were really strong, apparently. Um so but I think they're still probably still worth it, uh at that increased pi- price point. But uh yeah. No, I I think these are all good solid changes.
0: Yeah, um, and it was interesting to see the Morkonaut kind of got a course correction. It was originally 305, then they raised it to 350. Now they've brought it down to 330. They're still trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, but yeah, it's just like, again, just some adjustments to kind of account for. Some things are a little bit better than they'd hoped. Some things are not quite performing where they wanted. So yeah, this again strikes me like as a fine tuning, kind of like with Cast Space Marines. Uh, then we get into Space Marines themselves, and we see a number of drops. Space Marines, like, we see some characters dropping, like Adrax Agatone drops. Aggressor squads drop. Assault Intercessor squad. And these are, like, 5, 10 points. Uh, Ballistus Dreadnought drops 20. Bladeguard Vets drop 10. Ballistus drop do- drops um, 45. Uh,
1: yeah, Significance dro- took hit, hits of goodness. Yeah. Uh,
0: Gravis Armor Captain drops 10. Cater- uh, Sicarius drops 10. Um, Centurions drop like 25 points. Uh, Dev- Centurion Devastator drops 30 points. Uh, Tegarius drops 5. You know, Again, lots of characters drop. Desolation Squad went from 170 to 200, and remember, it's <laughs> capped at 5. You are not doubling up on that, because that's 400 points in 10 models, and... Um, well, why don't you take three? Uh, you shouldn't. <laughs> That's 600 points of your
1: army. <laughs> yeah. Those three, 15 models.
0: Uh, Gladiator Lancer went up 15, but the other gladiators went down five, kind of like what we saw with uh, Black Templars. Um, like, Heavy Intercessor squads went down 10. Incursors and Furnace squads, Infiltrators and squads. Like, a lot of the troop style infantry units dropped a little bit. Um, which like, if you want to still use a gladiator lancer, you'll find the savings elsewhere to make up for it, but you might not be tripling up on them. You know, it's like I think they you know they're trying to discourage people from like going all in on whatever is the the quote unquote best model, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of give them a little bit of uh, revision there. And while Abaddon did go up, uh, let's see, did Reboot Gilliman go up? He did uh yes he went up by 25 points so again those force multiplier units uh which uh you know those are being adjusted um but otherwise a lot of the infantry went down like 10 points a lot of the dreadnoughts went down 10 15 20 points or more um again i think this is a playstyle readjustment It's like, hey, we know the Desolation Squad. You were leaning very hard into that. Well, we've made that one not nearly so good. So let's readjust your other tools so you're more likely to play the way we really think Space Marines should be played. And, uh, I, like, I don't know if this makes, I don't think this moves the needle on where they are as a faction necessarily, but it's kind of a sorry we, sorry we took away your broken squad here. Have, you know, have consolation point costs, (laughs) point cuts. Um, I think they'll be okay. I I think Space Marines will be fine. Middle of the pack. Um, Space Wolves get similar points drops. um, Especially with, uh, let's see, Thunderwolf Cav dropped 10 points, which is good for them. Um, Wolfen dropped 20 points, which is fine because they're armed with squeaky hammers now. But like a Wolfen Dreadnought drops 25 points. Murder Fang drops twenty points. Bjorn drops forty points. Get, like the stuff that you would want to lean on or lean in on with uh, Space Wolves to be Space Wolfy, generally dropped. So, like I, th- you know, Space Wolves are in a slightly better place. It's just it's a shame that nobody likes the Saga attachment.
1: <laughs> I do, but the problem is you have to build for it mm-hmm. and you have to build a bunch of characters and have them attached to units and right now people would rather have the more broken units that you can't have the characters attached to
0: right so uh, so will this ch- I, I mean Space Wolves are going to be played still probably primarily under Gladius um, but at least like you're going to get better economy on the Space Wolf particular units so um like more that'll get you more bodies on the field which is good for space Wolves because again they're primarily a melee focused army with some passable you know some passable to good shooting so we'll see how how they pan out i don't know if this moves them up or down a lot yet
1: probably side grade
0: yeah side grade switches up what they take but not necessarily move them up all right, Tau Empire, one uh, near and dear to my heart, and uh, we see points drops on a lot of their stuff, comparable, you know, while we don't have, as, while we have a lot more, while we have a lot more units than uh, Leagues of Votan, we see comparable points drops to Leagues of Otan. My, uh, show me showdown list gained 300 points exactly. Oh gosh. It went from 2000 <laughs> to 1700. And with that, I can now do things like, hey, fit in a couple of hammerheads or like a hammerhead and, uh, maybe, uh, you know, another unit. Well, not a hammerhead unit. Crisis dudes had to be three hundred and ten points, but it's like I. There's more here to take the tools I need. And again, Tau is a, an army where we did have the tools we needed in the toolbox. We needed a points efficiency as part of it. Um, this mm-hmm. definitely gets us there. Uh, does it make? Uh, and I have seen takes on this anywhere from Tau move to firmly middle of the pack to tower the new hotness and you need to be afraid of them. I don't know where we land quite on this, but it's like like drops on this, On she drops, Breachers teams drop, broadsides drop, uh, fireblades drop. Like the fireblade plus Breachers plus devilfish is now a solid 200 point increase or 200 point buy, which before it was... Um, So, Breachers were 115, Fireblade's so 165 plus a Devilfish was 95. So, it was 260 points. That's now 200. So, that's a huge shift. Because, uh, like, the Devilfish went from 95 to 75. Breachers went from 115 to 90. The Fireblade went from 50 to 40. So, just see some very big shifts in, like, some of the core f- playable units that... Uh, how had uh, crisis suits got cheaper? Um, Hammerheads cheaper. Hammer, you know my complaint that the hammerhead and the fire prism were priced almost identically, and yet the fire prism was absolutely better in any way. Uh, hammerhead is now one thirty, and a fire prism is now one eighty. So I think that parity okay. has been worked out.
1: <laughs> that's that's fine. Your issue is resolved.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Pathfinders are are cheaper. Riptides dropped like fifty five points. Uh Riptides went from two hundred thirty five to one eighty. The problem is for one hundred and eighty you still get more firepower out of three crisis suits, which that's a bit of an issue, but Riptides have more survivability. uh storm surges dropped, strike teams dropped, so it's like we actually might see like more bodies on the board to try to like capitalize on objectives hold the middle midfield um also something I did not mention in the first half of the show, there was also a new rules commentary with a couple of minor changes, but one that is. Very, 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 very important for uh, Tau players. Um, you are not eligible to shoot if you shot a weapon unless you have a rule that says otherwise, which to me is a big duh, but that does mean that you cannot daisy chain for the greater good. That has finally been resolved. So um, glad to see that has been taken care of. Um, anyone who is playing it otherwise is... was. I'm gonna be fair. You were you were deluding yourself and hoping that it would be better, um, but yeah, lots of points drops across the board, um, even on stuff that was being used a lot. This does not fix the issue that crisis suits have one build right now. That is basically all cyclic ion blasters. I do not like that they are mono build because it defeats the entire purpose of one of the philosophies of the game, which was there shouldn't be a best weapon. Uh, well, again, without granular points, there's going to be one best weapon unless you make all the weapons equally viable. Tau players are generally pretty happy with this, you know, just having the points drops and being able to fit more of the tools. It also means that like I mentioned that the list for that I played against uh, in Show Me Showdown, the the winning Eldar list was like went up nearly 400 points. My list went down nearly 300 points or went down exactly 300 points. So that's like a 700 point swing and who had, you know, like model parity, which means I would probably not have been tabled turn three because I would have had he would have had fewer things on the board. I would have had more things on the board and I could have actually fought back. And I think that's that's where Tau is going to definitely benefit from this, is just having more tools and being able to last a bit longer until that crucial turn three when kaoyan turns on. So, does it address all the things that we wanted with Tau? No. Is this put us in a better place? Yes. Um, Thousand Suns. Um, I hope you didn't miss you know you lost your devastating wounds causing mortals now prepare for points increases Araman up 20 Aramon on a disc up 25 exalted sorcerer up 10 uh, on a disc of up 10 infernal master up 15 magnus the red up 30 mutiliths up 20 rubric marines up 10 scarab that scarab occult terminators up 10 thousand suns cultists down five uh Demon Prince down 30, Demon Prince with Wings up 5, Thousand Sons Defiler down 10. Um The Land Raiders dropped, but their Maller fiends went up, their Predators went up, Thousand Suns Sorcerers went up, Sorcerer and Terminator armor, Thousand Suns Vindicator went down, because I think all the Vindicators went down. But Thousand Suns were like were already hit hard by some like by the balance data slate changes, the points changes in addition. I mean, they were, you know, we talked about the zero-sum thing, and I think Games Workshop was worried that Thousand Suns would rock it in place if uh, Eldar was toned down. Um, this hits them, I think, possibly harder than they necessarily needed to be. This does more than just toning them down. I think this, this is a solid kick. Um, so from what I've gathered from Thousand Suns players, they are not happy. They are not happy with these changes at all. And then we have Tyranid changes, and I can't just go compared to the previous points because they added the new units in. So I'll have to dig out my codex. But we knew the points weren't going to be final because they had the QR code in the book that said, uh, well, you know, the points may change, so go here to get the, uh, the most up-to-date points list. But, man, some of these units haven't even seen the table yet, and they got points changes.
3: Yeah, like the, the Norn stuff. Like, it, what's this based on? <laughs> right.
0: Like, the Norn Emissary went up from 285 to 290. The Norn Assimilator went up from 305 to 310. The Neuralictor went up five points to 65. It's like, but why? <laughs> they didn't do anything <laughs> yet. Um <laughs> the swarm lord who we mentioned lost some abilities because of like other changes um went from uh let's 250 see 250 to 270 to, to, yeah
3: 270
0: the 20 tyrani- points yep the effects went from uh 190 to 245 you know, between codex and, bo- and this is a codex that's just now out. We haven't even seen how the TranFX plays with the new change in its damage reduction to being a once per game reduced to zero. This, I mean, either there's data that they've done from playtesting, sure they have, or, um, they're like, there's just some, w- I don't know what to make heads and tails of
3: this. It, yeah.
0: Like, I, I mean, Yes, Nids were doing well. Like Nids were actually in like the upper fifth, like upper part of that 50 to 55 range. Um I don't know if this is supposed to be a, like well, we don't want this to get out of hand, so we better tone this down.
3: I I I, I think maybe that's what this was, but you know. Yeah. But there's
0: also drops like the Lictor drops 10 points, Hormigons drop 5 points. Um the Maliceptor goes up 10. Uh Gene Stealers uh, drop 10. Um, like it's, it, this strikes me more as, uh, wanting to adjust, uh, points values. I did, Now we did note when we did our Codex review, that, like, don't trust the points and like BioVores because they didn't have the indirect changes. They went up from, Codex said 45, uh... New points are 75 per biovore, uh, oh which was gosh. sixty which was sixty five in, in the previous points document. So biovores yeah. went up to kind of counter the fact that they make free you know, they can once per turn. you can make a free scoring spore mine, but um yeah, there's like the Tiernids thing is like all over the point. Zoanthropes went up 20 points. Uh, the Winged Hive Tyrant went up 15 points. It's like a lot of... Like, the Hive Tyrant models all went up. The Winged Tyranid Prime went... Uh, let's see. Winged Tyran- Tyranid Prime went from 65 to 65. I guess because the, they had to update it because it was in the previous list. And it, so it technically went from 80 to 65. But... I don't – because we yeah. haven't seen how Tyranids play with the new book. I can't – I have no idea how to judge this.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, It it's very, very weird that this this can't be, like, really based on play data, really. I don't – Right. Don't, don't see – it doesn't make much sense to me, but
0: – Right, and it basically says, yep, the points were wrong in the book. You just paid $60 for. Yep. Uh yeah, that's we need to Kevin, you're right. We need to get them out of the book business.
2: Yep. No, exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, um, uh and then Oh go. Ahead. I I I do think it's interesting um like in the codex, the a one small change that that we didn't really talk about. Um uh, and they went up five points, but Ripper Swarm models have a minimum unit size of one now. Right. Which is actually kind of cool to have like that cheap of a, a body to put on the table for two minutes. Mm-hmm. But
0: yeah, no, that's, that's good for them. Although it did go up from the, uh, the codex had them at fifteen thirty 45, they're 20, forty sixty 60 now, yeah. but, but definitely better than the uh, three models, six models they had before. So yeah, you can yeah.
3: definitely fit, you know,
0: and I think that makes sense, too, because, like, when you buy a box of Termagons, it's got, like, what, the, one Ripper Swarm? It,
3: it, it has, yeah, it literally just, you get them as part of other kits, you know, like, mm-hmm. I think Gene Stealers has one, and I think Termagons has one.
0: Right. So it makes sense that you you should be able to take them in units of one, because that's how they technically come. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I have no idea where Tyranids land right now. Um And like, I think even their, let's see, did their, I think their detachment enhancements are pretty much the same as they were in the Codex, but I haven't gone through all of them point by point, but I mean, and they're all marked red because they're all technically new except for the Invasion Fleet. Um, I guess the Invasion Fleet ones... Uh, did change slightly from the previous book, so or from the previous points document because I think uh, one of them went up like from uh fift- 10 to 20. Uh, Synaptic Lynchman went up, but uh, other than that, it's like, but yeah, it's not based on play data, so I have no idea what they're thinking with that, so yeah. <laughs> Uh and then finally World Eaters. World Eaters uh you get uh pretty much uh, not entirely across the board cuz Angron's still sitting at 415 but almost almost everything else went down in points.
2: Yeah, and I think this is literally just like what they needed. Like World Eaters are not a subtle army. No. Um <laughs> like and and I I I know I've talked about this previously, but like when we played when I played against a Chaos Space Marine army it was very clear that our points were way out of whack because, you know, they were able to take, you know, quote unquote, less good versions of like, or stuff that was almost as good as like what we had, but like just had more of it, you know? So it's like, well, yeah, my Mauler Fiend is cheaper than this, or my Lord of Skulls is cheaper, or my Chosen were cheaper than your 8-Bound. So like the big, the big points changes here, like are on 8-Bound and Exalted 8-Bound because they were basically unplayable at their previous points, but now it's like dropping, you know, f- you know, uh, what is that? 30, 40 points on a full unit of eight bound and uh, 60 points on a full unit of exalted eight bound. Now, all of a sudden you actually like can put them in there um and get more bodies on the field and get, just get more stuff, uh, which is what you need to be able to survive and be able to make your army, uh you know get the most benefits out of your army buffs and things like that so uh my uh list for the grand narrative went down 280 points so um <laughs> that is that is not a small amount <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm happy i i do think you know as much as we've kind of talked about how points changes are not enough for in some cases i do actually think that for world eaters points changes were the big culprit um are they going to be immediately good no because it's an one-dimensional assault army that they're never going to be like top tier uh but i think this firmly moves them into the middle middle of the pack um and i think it's going to make them a lot more fun to play
0: yeah Well, oh, and I, I saw some comments because uh, when goonhammer did their like full breakdown of like factions and points that world eaters are kind of a tricky because they are one-dimensional they have to be good at that one dimension oh, if you absolutely. make them if they make them too good, they dominate everything else. Like you have to be, you have to walk a fine line on, on that. So, uh, but also they, they are easy to adjust with points because, as you said, they are mm-hmm. one dimensional. You don't really have war gear options that are going to make that big a difference. Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, no, I, and I think in a lot of ways, like they're kind of very similar to Tau. Um, mm-hmm. because they 're so very one dimensional like you can do more fiddling with them with based off of points because there 's not as much variety in that stuff, and granted also the fact that world leaders don 't have a number of unit options that they should um right. you know means that it 's easier to make you know to make some of these changes because you 're not you 're not making changes to a whole bunch of different units so
0: mm hmm and your finally your corner Lord of Skulls has parity with the version from Chaos Space Marines now, at least, at yeah. being at 480 points instead of like 525 for some reason. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, um, that is that is all the factions. Uh we've gone through all their points, kind of talked through them faction by faction. Um, so what is our take on what the uh the field is going to look like for the next I guess three months until we get an end-of-year balanced data slate to revise any of these revisions.
3: Uh, Baby steps? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I think it is going to shake it up. I think, um, as we kind of noted, Eldari will still be at the top. Um, But I think the middle is going to be shaken up. Some of the bottom tiers will See a rise like Votan will definitely jump up. Death Guard a little bit. But then you'll s the, the armies that don't have the tools that wasn't addressed, so they'll stay at the bottom like Sisters and probably AdMech. Uh
0: and AdMech again is kind of iffy because they do get a new codex, so we could see much more wide ranging changes from them that they just don't want to tip their hand to yet. Um I have to say, I think this puts we have this El- once again. You have an army that is fully at the top and one that is fully at the bottom. Except now, instead of Votan, <laughs> it's sisters. I think I, sisters are just in yeah. the worst place right now. Um, Eldari are still very solidly in the in the lead. Um, I, I wouldn't. It's now not at the point where I'd say, and it's not even close, which I would have said before this. Now I would say Eldari is very much in the lead. Um, but there are enough armies now that have tools that can possibly challenge them that Eldari players – Eldari isn't an auto-win button, even if you take Eldari good stuff. Um, but it, it does – you are still going to have an advantage, but maybe not so much that it's unfun to play against.
3: Um, I think uh, Gene Stealer Cult, you're probably going to be looking – I don't know that they'll be like – I think they'll be around that 50% mark now.
0: Yeah. They're going to be solidly mid tier. It's just a big drop from where they were. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, Custodes, I think become solidly mid, mid to maybe like upper mid tier. Um, I think they, they definitely take some hits, but they, you know, hopefully they can roll with it. Um, I think Chaos Space Marines are in a really good spot. They were already good, and if Eldar and Gene Steeler cults are less oppressive, they've got some room to move. I think orcs have some room to move. Necrons have potential to be very problematic. Just because even by toning down Lichgard, they're still a very survivable army, and if they're played well, they can do great things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. yeah Tyranids and- and- shrug. <laughs> it, yeah, I, it's too early to tell with nids, like, where do they end up with all this? Um, I mean, I think they're still going – they'll still be doing fine. We don't – but yeah. the points value – the points changes still had me scratching my head a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Tau, I think, move up. I think the – I think the the big thing here is, yes, it is baby steps. Yes, the changes aren't nearly as sweeping as I might have liked. But I do think the distance between the floor and the ceiling has been narrowed. For sure. Sure. Um, Which I'm going to be absolutely honest. When this first dropped... I was very disappointed. Like, I didn't feel that it hit nearly as hard as it needed to be. And I, you know, I think part of that is because I was looking, especially looking at Sisters. I was especially looking at Tao because, like, I didn't feel like Tau was getting the... Like, there's still problems with Tau, especially with, like, the Crisis Suits build that I just... I don't like, I feel, I do say that, I do think that one thing this doesn't fix, especially because a lot of the fixes are, well, here's more points is it doesn't fix the mono build problem that a lot of armies have. Like there's (laughs) one good build and now you've got more, more room to put in the stuff for that good build. And that's part of that is just the limitations of you have one detachment to work with, but also it's just like internal balance in the codex is still not great. And they don't have the fine tuning tools right now to do that because of how points are done. So it's, it's not perfect. And I was, I was, I was hoping that they would see the bigger issues and make a more sweeping move. But I also, I guess, you know, the more we've talked through it, the more okay I feel with it.
1: I mean, it, it still feels like work in progress.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't feel like an addition that like was touted as like, yeah, we've gone through and re, you know, retuned everything and refixed it, every- you know, and addressed all the issues. No, you didn't. <laughs> you just created new ones. And in some case, I think like Voton, I think was originally an overcorrection. correction. They were really afraid after oh, what yeah. happened with Voton at launch that they're like, "Oh, we can't make them too good. Oh, we made them way too bad." <laughs> um and you can definitely tell which armies really leaned on having like stacking abilities like sisters to to function which ones needed particular weaponry to really have tools to deal with things and which ones had those tools just couldn't that where they weren't efficient enough i think that's like where tau ends up i think uh but like death guard didn't have the tools and now maybe they do and they now and they have the points to use them now uh, guard. I st- I don't know where guard ends up yet. I don't like I, but I think there's a. I think the middle of the pack is going to see a lot more competition. So yes. I, I think we're going to get closer to the meta watch charts that we saw like in ninth mm-hmm. edition, where there will be like one maybe two armies that are kind of peaking above 55 and one or two armies that are below 45 and the middle is going to be a lot more mixed, which is a much better place to be. And this makes me not want to hate playing 40 K as much as I was kind of feeling. I I mean, I'll be fair. I was, I was kind of getting ready to shelve it for a while for like an addition because it's like, if they're not going to take these fixes seriously, I'm not going to take the game seriously. But it's it. I got to give them. like It's better than it was. I still think some of the fixes are not necessarily the right fixes, but the more I talk through it with you guys, it's like, it let's I'll at least be willing to see where it goes and see if they acknowledge like whether this is the fix that was needed or if they need to kind of acknowledge that. Oh, wait, there's some knock on effects that we didn't expect and we need to retune some other armies. It'll be both. <laughs> yeah. Um. I still, f- I still feel bad for anybody that... For a lot of the factions. Not so much the ones that just have points updates, but I feel bad for, like... Uh, people that paid for index cards. <laughs> but, uh, especially for NIDS players with index cards, I feel particularly bad for you. But, uh, sorry, Richard. But... So... Um, if we were going to regrade the balance... Uh, for, you know, we, three of us gave, uh, 10th edition Fs for balance and one of us gave it a D minus. Um, how would you grade them now? If, if this was like, like they turned in their makeup assignment, how would you grade it?
2: I mean, honestly, I just don't know yet. Cause we have to see how all this plays out and like how, yeah. like, it, it, you know, that, that's the thing It's like, it's all incredibly complex. We can sit here and we can say, oh, this is how it's going to impact, but we don't know, like right. It's as, it is too as you, early. As you mentioned, with like you know your example of the Show Me Showdown list, seven hundred points <laughs> swing in an army build <laughs> is incom- like, incomprehensibly vast and much bigger than anything that we were talking about. With like, oh well, this changes the way this army plays. Like at that point, with you know with that much difference, you're you're bringing two completely different lists. So. Right. Like-
1: Playing a 2,000 versus a 1,000, almost. Yeah, I mean, yeah. exactly. Like, it's
2: it's such a huge change that it's not just as simple as... And I think that's part of why this was a baby steps change in a lot of ways. Like, I think this brings a lot of the outliers closer to the middle. It's not going to fix everything. It's an ongoing no. adjustment. But I, I think this is a good start. Um So I think as far as, like, the balance adjustment, grading it, like, I think this seems like a solid, like... C or B somewhere in there, and you know we'll see how it plays out. Um, yeah. It does this fix the does this fix the overall balance of the game? No, but you know with the amount of changes they made to the structure of the game, it was always going to take a little while for that to shake
0: out. Yeah, that's fair. <sighs> yeah, it's like I would I would put this at and again. This is based on based on initial. Uh you know, based on a combination of like initial impressions, uh watching some analysis, following the chatter in various uh like groups and subreddits and such, and kind of trying to take a pulse of how different factions or you know faction players are feeling about stuff um my My gut instinct is this would be a C in that it gets us back to probably something closer to where we were in parts of ninth edition. Um, I don't think it gets us quite to the point where, like, the end of 9th edition, I think, had pretty good balance for the most part. I don't think this gets us back to there. I think this gets us back to kind of the early days of 9th edition when you still had, like, one or two armies that were clearly head and shoulders above the rest, but other armies still had a chance to put up good numbers. Um, I still think there's a lot of internal balance issues, and there's a lot of issues with the fact that they are very limited now with how they can adjust things with points, as we have seen with a number of units. Um, but if nothing else, this is a C with the sticker with the badly drawn star
1: in it that says an attempt was made. <laughs> I, I'd say for me, this would definitely be a, a C as well of it doesn't fix everything, but it moves everything in the right direction. I, I I'm giving it a pass.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He- I- I I I agree pretty much. Like I will I will not like let the, the bitterness of of tiered index cards cost be.
0: <laughs> no, that's a, a completely different grade. grade. That's, 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 that's that's the grade that's for rules grade. access. That's yes, that grade yes. takes a hard hit to like
3: a C to a D depending. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not for sure. So yeah, yeah. Just balance wise, yeah. No, it's it's a it, it's a, a C with uh, you know we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, is tenth edition in a better space than it was before Thursday? Uh, too early to tell, but I think most almost almost pot, definitely yes but that's because the space it was in was so bad like it had it really had nowhere to go but up in all fairness like it it could not get less bad than it was before um i think so yeah i i'm tentatively happy with the changes although not as happy as i might have been but we'll see what happens in 3 months we'll see how the next 3 months play out we're going to have um We're going to have Mechanicus and Necron Codexes probably within that time. I think those were the next two up. Mm -hmm. I think Dark Angels and Tau are going to be in like January or February. So those will be – and I think Chaos Space Marines are in there somewhere too. So we're going to see that stuff after the year and probably after the next set of balance data slates. But um, yeah, uh, it's in a place where I – think I would feel comfortable playing although I think I would I would rather play casually at first before I jump into like a tournament setting like I want to kind of get you know feel it out before I uh, you know go in all you know go all in on anything but yeah it's, it's better it's better well I think as we are pushing time uh, this is going to be a lo- slightly longer one we had a lot to dig through <laughs> uh, but uh, the next one will be back to our normal time but uh yeah so uh, this completes our look at this is episode 286 our look at the autumn 2023 uh balance data slate and points changes um uh, feel free to let us know on the Facebook page, or if you want to write into us and let us know how your feelings are on this uh, new edition. I know we had I had a couple of letters in. I said we're not quite doing listener mail yet, but I- we had a listener you know write in and say like they felt like tenth edition had a lot of half measures in it. Um, I still feel like they're kind of there, but maybe they're getting better. So uh, I am cautiously optimistic but I was cautiously optimistic at the launch at 10 and they still disappointed me so will th- I'm far more cautiously optimistic that they're <laughs> on the right track but only time will tell uh, but anyway that wraps up the episode but from all of us here at Preferred Enemies I'm your host Rob Kevin, Dennis and Richard good night, good gaming and uh, good on GW for at least making some effort to get this fixed